Welcome to the Cape Verse Podcast, where we talk comics, films, and everything in between. I am your host, Seb, and with me is my co-host, Thomas, and today we're talking about... Thomas, that's your cue. Oh, DC TV shows. Yay. How was I supposed to know it's my cue? I don't know. I just thought I'd do something different this time, you know? So... <laughs> it sounded like you just forgot what the topic of the week was. Well, you know, I wanted to make sure I had the right title. I would hate to confuse our listeners what we were doing, so... I suppose it's best to say no title than the wrong title. Exactly. So it worked out. <laughs> it, it, it worked out in the end. So we're talking about the DC TV shows. Are you excited for this yes. one? I am very excited for this one because I think... DC's TV one it's like you know important for the history of television as a whole I guess uh, but two I think DC have had some of the best and worst TV shows out there in terms of like superhero stuff and their current TV shows are all over the place it's all a bit confusing um, I mean like I'm sure we're gonna get into it as we go on but it's kind of a mess, the whole thing. From what you've told me, it, it sounds chaotic. It's not like Marvel. Just a reminder, folks, I prefer Marvel over DC. Um, so this is, this is a week. People are going to hate you because of that. Maybe they will. Um, but you know what? I thought I'd... <laughs> no, it's not, it's, there's no maybe about it. People will hate you because you prefer Marvel. Well, you that's, know, just, that's how the internet works. Do you know who will love me? Marvel people. So, I mean, that's all that matters to me. Like, I, I, I like my Batman and my Superman. That is all, but I'm... I'm... You, you, have, you have, like, the most basic opinions about DC that I've ever heard. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, they are the two most popular DC characters. And you're like, yes, I like those two, and that's about it. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I, I like Aquaman, just because Jason Momoa. Um, but because I... that's the only DCEU movie to cross a billion dollars. No. It's got nothing to do with <laughs> you. You are the most basic bitch DC fan out there. Right, can we just get on with this episode? <laughs> so... You're a basic bitch, Seth. Um, so, yeah, I saw, um, since we, you know, we want to talk about DC TV and DC TV shows that are going on currently, mm-hmm. I thought it would be kind of fun to talk about the entirety of DC television and the history of DC television. Yay! <laughs> do you know much about DC TV shows? I feel you'll know more than I do. I, I mean, I have the list of all the the shows you've written down, like The Adventures of Superman, Batman sixty six. Is that the cartoon one? No. no, no. Right? Oh no, Although that's that. They did, they did make a cartoon sequel to that show. Ah. But no, what you are thinking of is Batman the animated series, right? Which we're not talking about. I don't want to talk about animates of today that's a whole other thing that's for we'll be here for days i thought today i'd just give a brief overview of um of dc tv shows quick wee history lesson folks here we go dc tv has been around from like basically the beginning you know before you had like the serialized stuff on tv mm-hmm. you had the the cinema serials back in like the 30s and 40s or whatever, where basically it was like each week you would get like a half an hour episode of a Superman story and it would play in a cinema. And then the next week you would have to go back and watch the next part of that story and so on and so on. So you got a bunch of these serials like 
Superman and the Mole People, I think it's called, the, or the Mole Men or something. Um, what's Who are the Mole Men? I've no idea. <laughs> I don't know if they're from the comics. Comic accuracy wasn't really wasn't... a big thing back then. <laughs> no one cared about that. They just saw Superman at versus the Mole Men. Excellent. I mean, the first ever Captain America movie, I'm pretty sure he was just like a detective. I don't even think he was <laughs> called Steve Rogers. He was like a detective who, when he solved crimes would wear the Captain America uniform. He didn't have a shield, he had a gun. Comic accuracy wasn't important in the 40s, no one cared. But that, I guess, kind of changed with um, The Adventures of Superman because that was, um, again, started out as like a serialised thing in cinemas or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, because it became popular, it was turned into a TV show. Right. Um, so what happened I- in this series, The Adventures of Superman? Let's start there. They give us a... Quick wee plot summary. Now, I've not actually seen this one. Disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I've not I've not gone and tracked down the copies of I, the Avengers. Of I thought you were prepared for this episode, Thomas. It sounds like you're not. <laughs> here's here's something I will tell you though. Uh, the actor who played Superman was called George Reeve. Oh. Uh, unrelated to Christopher Reeve, who would then also go on to play Superman, but. Guess who played George Reeve in, like, a little docudrama thing about his life? Christopher Reeve? Nope. Ben Affleck. What? (laughs) Ben Affleck played George Reeve. You might have seen it. There's, like, a clip of Ben Affleck bursting through a fence dressed as Superman. Oh, yeah. That's him playing George Reeve in whatever this docu thing was about his life. I think in that clip, he's playing George Reeve going to someone's birthday. This is a related. Not related but, at all. Uh, <laughs> that was like one of the first superhero TV shows was The Adventures of Superman. And then it wasn't for like another 15 years where they tackled it again, this time with Batman 66. However, this time, the tone was very different. People go, like for ages, there was this opinion of, oh, Batman 66 is bad because it's like, it's, campy it's goofy like it, it's ridiculous but i think a lot of people don't realize that it's supposed to be a comedy i mean you know i forget that as well because isn't that the one correct me if i'm wrong where i've seen like they're fighting a shark and he brings out that shark repellent uh, or that's in the movie that's in the movie yeah it's in the movie it's in the sh- it's the shark repellent bat spray i love it but the thing is like people saw that and go oh that was them being serious like, people take that clip out of context and go oh that's them trying to be serious and it's just because it's in the 60s, it's bad. No, that's a joke. Yeah. Because when he asks for the, the shark repellent bat spray, it cuts to four other canisters that are like whale repellent, alligator repellent or whatever. And it's like a, it's like a visual gag of, oh, this is funny. It's, not, it's like an authentic take on Batman of like that era. Mm-hmm. But it's also like a tongue-in-cheek thing. It's like ridiculous situations. Over the top. But everyone plays it so seriously. And that's part of the humour. Do you want to hear my interesting fact about this show? Um, Go on there. Thank you. Um, but... Is it that Clint Eastwood almost played Two-Face? No, I really? I didn't actually know that. No. But no, let <laughs> yeah. me... Before we get onto that, I want to say this piece of information. Um, it was in a Graham Norton interview, and I think it was with one of the actresses who was in the show. Um, and it was talking about the prep. Um, Adam, Adam West... That's the actor's name, yeah? Yeah, he played Batman. Yeah, Adam West. At the prep, he had to go... One second, one second, one second. 
There's like a clicking noise. What is that? No. I can't hear anything. What was that? That? Yeah. That was a pen. Was that you? Was that you tapping it off the thing? Yeah. Could you could you hear that? Yeah, you could hear it massively. Okay, I'm putting my pen down. Um, but yeah, my interesting fact about Adam West's Batman. So the prep that he had to go through, and apparently because it was in the 60s and you couldn't have anything too revealing and everything, the costume was quite tight. And so there was a chance you can see, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Adam West is like... I've heard this. Yeah, his bulge or something, yeah. And so he had to take pills or, like, some medication to make it unnoticeable, like, make it smaller. And so it was just all smooth there. You know, I find that, that really fucking, weird. That I'd hate that. If my job required me to reduce my penis size, I'd get a different job. <laughs> like, come on. But, but hang on a minute. Would you do that to be Batman, though? I'll take that as a yes. That is a yes right well, there. Because it, it's like a genie's wish, isn't it? Because it's like, oh, yeah, because people would find you... Because like, if you're Batman, like, not 60s Batman, yeah. but if I'm Batman now, people are like, oh, wow, that's really sexy. But, like, if then, if like, I'm, like, getting with a girl or whatever, <laughs> go back to mine, because she's like, wow, I'm going to fuck Batman. And then I, I take off... I imagine I'm still in the Batsuit, obviously. Of, of course, take it everywhere. Yeah. I take the bat suit off, and I've got a tiny penis. She's not going to go through with it. She'll be disappointed. Well, it's like that Rick and Morty episode where they keep where the devil has all those things that fucks with them. Yeah. Oh, you've not seen Rick and Morty, have you? No, that's why I said yeah in my tone of voice, going like I, I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, sounds cool. <laughs> I I heard the little oh I'm just going to go along with this because I don't want to. Explain. I've not watched Rick and Morty. I'll fucking tell you. Anyway, go on. You wanted. To, you were very keen to talk about Adam West's penis. Go ahead. Th- that was pretty much it. That he had to shrink his <laughs> penis down. That's the only piece of information I know about Batman. It's 66. still visible. <laughs> Here's a fun fact, though. What? That show back in the '60s was the first uh, appearance of a an African American actress playing Catwoman. Really? Yeah. Oh. Which is strange because for a lot of media, Catwoman is portrayed as white, but mm. since the sixties, she's been portrayed as black. Oh. And I think they, I think in the Lego Batman movie, she was black. And I obviously now in the Batman, Zoe Kravitz is playing the character. But it's weird that so many people are like, "Oh, Catwoman should be white. Why is, why is a black person playing Catwoman when she's been black since the sixties? When it wasn't a great time to be black. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, What's even in- more interesting is that she was she started off white in that show and was recast in like season two or three or whatever oh. with a black actress. Anything else about so, Batman 66? Well, interestingly, um, they never had Two-Face in the show. They had a bunch of scripts and stories they wanted to do with Two-Face. But because of, like, the restrictions at the time, they thought, oh, this is going to be too gruesome Mm -hmm. for a show that is supposed to be kind of goofy. Because really, Batman 66, it's a live-action cartoon. Was the other reason they couldn't get Clint Eastwood to play Two-Face, like you said? (laughs) I'm not sure how the timelines work out. I don't know if this is before he got big with all the westerns, whatever, I'm not really sure. Um, But it never panned out until, I think it was a couple of years ago, they did an animated movie where they brought Adam West back to voice Batman. 
they brought Burt Ward back to voice Robin. Um, and to play Two-Face, they got William Shatner. Oh. Captain Kirk himself. That's... Because I guess the logic there was, well, he was in a TV show in the 60s as well. So it, it's like he's probably an actor who would have played this villain at the time. Mm. Or would have been capable to play this villain at the time because they were trying to make it very authentic because if they'd have cast someone like James McAvoy to play Two-Face and you're listening to the animated film you're like, oh well, James McAvoy wasn't alive in the 60s, so this doesn't really make any sense To be honest, I would like to see that in the future, James McAvoy (laughs) What, as Two-Face? I think that'd be funny, get random actors I've always thought that John Hamm would make either a great Bruce Wayne or a great Two-Face Oh, I can't decide on that one. But I guess we'll find out. I wonder if uh, Matt Reeves will have it. We're getting sidetracked again. Anyway. Um, But yeah, so the 60s Batman was big because it was like it did everything that superhero shows would do. And this is what I find really interesting because you see a lot of this in some of the shows at this time Mm -hmm. is they really went all out. Batman 66, yeah, it's a comedy. But you have the Batcave, you have Commissioner Gordon, you have all the villains, you've got a Batgirl later on. You know, you had a Batman and a Robin. It was all the elements there of the comics, and they really went for it. And then Shazam, it had all the elements there. It was just a bad TV show because it was a very low budget. Uh, but it was still Billy Batson transformed into, you know, Captain Marvel. Um, oh, yeah, at the time, Captain Marvel, not Shazam. Even though the show was called Shazam. Here's the funny thing. Uh, They also then did, because they did half an hour for Shazam, and then they did another half hour for an Egyptian-themed superheroine connected to the Shazam comics. And guess what her superhero name is? Um, I don't know. Tell me. Isis. Oh, my God. (laughs) Because Isis is the name of an Egyptian god. Isis and Osiris are like a brother-sister combo in Egyptian mythology. Oh, my God. So, yeah, she was called Isis. And what's even funnier is those two characters are currently in the show Legends of Tomorrow. And they have superhero costumes, they have their powers, but they can't get their superhero names because one of them is Isis. That's a bit awkward, isn't it? Oh, dear. And she's also going to be in the Black Adam movie. But it's like, okay, are they going to have the superhero name? They're probably or are gonna, they just going to avoid it? They're going to change it. They, they all invo- avoid it or just change the name completely. You know, that's the only thing they'll change. I think they could probably get away with, like, if the brother was Osiris and she was Cyrus. That would work. I like that. Because... I think enough people go, okay, yeah, that isn't accurate to the mythology. But at the same time, she's a superhero and that name has been overtaken by a terrorist organization. So, hey, maybe we don't complain too much. But yeah, so you had Shazam. Low budget, but it was sticking to the mythology more or less uh, with the Shazam Isis hour. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And then the 70s, you had uh, Wonder Woman. And again, that stuck with the origin, even though her origin was a little complicated at the time but steve trevor he lands on paradise island because mm-hmm. it was paradise island at the time not themiscira i kind of like paradise island 
Seems that's like. why they call it a paradise in the movies. This was when Wonder Woman was still like a patriotic American hero. Right. Even though her origins are based in Greek mythology. Mm. And I think it was around about the 80s, 90s, where they slowly started to like change it into, oh no, we need to make a more Greek-based, because that's where all of her storylines come from. Mm-hmm. You know, she's part of the Greek gods and all that crap. Um, and then the New 52 really changed that. But yeah, so Batman, Shazam, Wonder Woman, Superboy, Ooh. because then mm. at between Wonder Woman season one and Superboy season one in 88, you'd had a bunch of Superman movies come out at this point. Mm-hmm. So Superman was popular again. They wanted a TV show to connect. And I'm pretty sure the Superboy TV show is supposed to be set in the same world as the Superman movies because it was made by the same production company. Oh, that's quite cool. Could you explain a little um, bit more about Superboy? I take it he's, the, he's very similar to Superman, except he's a kid. Well, yeah, it's Clark Kent as a child doing Clark Kent things. Oh, right. Um, and he, so, he, you know, it's about his life in Smallville, essentially. He's got the love interest Lois Lane... Uh, Lex Luthor got introduced. He was best friends with T.J. White, who was the son of Perry White, the uh, oh, yeah. the newspaper editor. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it was basically just him as a as a younger kid. And I think it was, I can't remember which way around it was. It was either this was based off of the comics, or the comics were based off this. But I think this is part of the reason why Crisis in Infinite Earths happened, because you had. Superboy be the name for young Superman. Mm-hmm. But then Teen Titans would use it as a separate character who was like a clone of Superman and was called Superboy. Same right. thing happened with Wonder Girl. You had some comics where Wonder Girl was just a young Wonder Woman, but then in Teen Titans, Wonder Girl was a separate character. Yeah. Couldn't you? It was all over the place. So that's why, well, not why, but one of the reasons Crisis and Infinite Earths happened. And in this, Superboy, even though Superboy is the name of about four other different characters, Superboy was just young Superman. Right. Um, but it was still, you know, pulling from Superman car- uh, comics and stuff. And then you had the Flash TV show in the 90s. I have some knowledge of this, but not a lot. This... The most expensive TV show at the time, I think. How much? Um... It was a million dollars an episode. Oh, really? Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. And that's in the 90s. That is a lot. (laughs) And the idea was that this was going to be the next big superhero thing after Superman and Batman. Because I think even the posters at the time were like, first there was Superman, then there was Batman. Now meet your new hero, The Flash. And they got Danny Elfman to do the music. Oh, lovely. Love Danny the, Elfman. Um, it, you know, it's a good soundtrack. They, I think that a lot of the set design was inspired by Tim Burton's Batman movie, so they kept the kind of, like, dark look, although it was a bit more modern. Yeah. Because even though it wasn't filmed in the 90s, it was uh, showcased in the 90s. Like, it came out in the 90s. I think it was filmed in 89 or something. Um, and they were, they were trying to make it like modern but dark because it was like the start of a new decade and you have characters go well we do live in the 90s and it, it feels really weird <laughs> does this 
Flash turn up in the the new Flash one in the Arrowverse? Like you see the old. He mom. does. Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, they made it canon because John Wesley's ship played Barry Allen's dad in the new TV show. That's nice. Um, and then, I think in like season two or three, they brought him. There was like a Jay Garrick came from another universe, which comic accurate because the Jay Garrick Flash and all the Justice Society at one point they all just existed on Earth too, and then. It got reckoned again, so it became like the 1940s, the main DC universe, so there was a Jay Garrick in this universe as well or whatever. But for the most part, Jay Garrick was seen as like a... He was a Flash from another Earth, right. which is where you get the first instance of the multiverse in comics. It was called a Flash of Two Earths, where Jay Garrick and Barry Allen meet. Big plot point in season two of The Flash. And it ends with you finding out that, oh, Jay Garrick looks like John Wesley Ship. Um, and then when Barry Allen mentions that to his dad in his universe, like in the show, he's like, oh, that's weird. Um, my mother's maiden name was Garrick or whatever, implying it's the same version of the guy from a different earth. They're all connected. Consistency. I love it. But then in Elseworlds, they went, fuck it. We've had him as Jay Garrick. Let's just bring him back as the 90s Flash. We'll put him back in that costume. And they made the 90s Flash canon, and they put him back in the suit and everything. And he, he looks fucking great. I've seen um, photos. It, it's very sexy. Like, and now he's also coming back as the Jay Garrick Flash again, this time on Stargirl. Oh, well, he's appearing so th- everywhere. This, this guy's played a lot of different versions of it's, the Flash. It's the only thing he's good at. <laughs> that, that could be I'm it. pretty sure he's even voiced the reverse Flash in an animated film. <laughs> I love that. So it's like, right, so you've been Flash in the 90s. Do you want to be a different Flash this time? I feel that's his his CV. I played this Flash, I played Reverse Flash. I mean, I really hope he he enjoys it. in the Flash movie, I mean, you'd have to at that point, but if he isn't in the Flash movie, I'm going to be devastated. That is a missed opportunity. I'll even be devastated after hearing that. I'd want him, even if it's just like a scene of Barry Allen running through the Speed Force, and he gets a glimpse of all these different speedsters, and one of them is just John Wesley Ship in the classic DA gym because you can afford it. <laughs> Put him in the classic suit and just have him run by for like two seconds. He could It'd be great. He could even be just a civilian in the Flash film, and I think that qualifies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot less interesting, but equally valid. Yeah, um, I'm a I'm but a Flash. I actually. So you go. Oh, all right. <laughs> I wanted a perfect time to clear my throat. <clears> throat. He could even he could even be called the Flash Civilian. That's just what I was going to say. Flash Civilian. Yeah, that bit's getting cut out. Uh, so, uh, I actually really like the Flash TV show, like the 90s one. Um, I'm glad. I've not watched the season finale. It's one of those shows that I go to every few weeks. I'll watch a couple episodes because I like the atmosphere. And I'm like, once I've finished it, that's it. There's no more of that Flash. I'm going to save it. Um, and it's really good. Mark Hamill's in it. Is it? Oh, it actually rings a bell. He doesn't play He it. plays a character called the Trickster. Yes, I think I've seen clips of that. I was going to say he played a shark, and then, but he didn't. No, no, he didn't play a shark. But then in the current Flash TV show, they brought him back to play the Trickster again. Um, and I'm pretty sure... They had him play another version of the Trickster on Earth 2, 
and he came face to face with Jake Garrick again, and it was like a fun reunion between John Wesley Shipp and Mark Hamill. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, they did a lot of fun stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, like Mark Hamill was, his villain was like the main antagonist towards John Wesley Shipp's Flash in that show. Because he was obviously like a big high profile actor. Mm. Um, so that's. But that was probably the last main, like, big proper superhero show in the 90s. Because then you had Lois and Clark. Ah, yes. Which was more focused on Lois and Clark. Superman was very rarely in the superhero suit in that show. So it was. And it was also. It wasn't really focused on comic book accuracy. It was more about the relationship yeah. with these two people. Just going to say and that. And it was, yeah, it was trying to modernize it. It was trying to put it like, oh, let's take these people who were, like, you had them in the 70s, you had them in the 80s. Let's see what this couple would be like in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, who played them? Who played Lois and Clark? Oh, I can't remember the person who played Lois. Um, but I know Dean Kane played him, played Superman. Okay. Uh, I think he's an anti-vaxxer now. Oh, really? Yeah. Not a great bloke by all accounts. But I can't remember the woman who played Lois, which is such a shame because I really like her. I quite like her in that show. And she also came back for um, Smallville. Oh. Is that like the next thing, like the next TV show in the history list as well? When it got to the 21st century, DC wanted to do like something brand new for the 2000s. So they were like, right, let's go through all our fucking characters. Let's do it. Let's do a show about our most famous, our most popular character ever, Batman. <laughs> and then someone went, actually, that show sounds expensive because it was going to be about Batman traveling the world, learning martial arts and shit like that, I, learn how to live like a criminal. I've and they're like, oh, that. that sounds expensive. Why don't we do a Superman show where he just has to live on a farm? Because oh. a farm's dead cheap. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you we watched it all, apparently. Like, I mean, I remember when you and two of our other friends, you watched them all, and it seemed like torture. You seemed like you well, needed Because this is the thing, right? When I was doing research for this episode, Superboy, the 80s show, sounds mm-hmm. very similar to Smallville. Yeah. About young Superman learning about his powers, and he's got all these relationships with Lois Lane and Lex Luthor. The only difference between Superboy and Smallville is that Smallville had this rule, the very catchy rule of no tights, no flights. That's that's a weird catchphrase to have. Um... Yeah. I don't know if it was a budget thing. I don't know if it was to avoid the show looking bad or something because, you know, it looked pretty bad anyway. But basically, he could never wear the Superman suit and he could never fly. That's so upsetting. Did he not at least wear, like... I, I think I've seen <laughs> photos. Did he not wear, like, a T-shirt that had the S on it? No. This is why it was such a painful experience watching that show. Go on, It was me. good. I love that show. But? But for the first five... Sorry, for the first four seasons, he's just in Smallville. And it's... For some of it, it's kind of cute. There's a nice vibe to Smallville... It's nice seeing his friendship with Lex Luthor because they start off as friends and they have a bunch of fun little references to the fact that he's going to become Superman. But by the time he leaves high school and he's supposed to go into college, they realise, oh, hang on. Um, we're kind of losing storylines about just keeping this guy in, in Smallville. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. 
So then they like transitioned everyone over into Metropolis. So for the last five seasons of Smallville, it should really be called Metropolis because it's set in Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Are... But it isn't until like, you know, season nine and season ten where he kind of starts wearing something like a superhero costume. But by this point, you had Green Arrow was established, the Justice Society were established, yeah. a version of the Justice League existed. Um, with Cyborg, the Flash, Aquaman, all that stuff. So Superman was supposed to be the first superhero and ends up kind of being the last. And you get a lot of characters being like, Clark, why don't you do more? You're like the best one of us. You should be doing more than just living on a farm. What the fuck are you doing? And it, it just it dragged on a bit. And I feel like Superboy, not that Superboy's could be much better because it was in the 80s. Mm-hmm. It could still be pretty bad. Like special yeah. effects in the 80s aren't going to be great. But at least he could fly, I think. Yeah. At least he had a costume, are, I think. Are you surprised, like, just hearing the explanation of Smallville, because I've not seen it, because I didn't want to torture myself. Um, and, you know, I, I had better things to do. But are you surprised that it got, was it eight seasons? Ten seasons. Ten seasons. Or are you surprised that it kept on getting multiple series? Because from the sounds of it, they're on a farm, and then by season five, they go to the big city. It sounds like it I'm, was a stretch. I'm absolutely not right, because Tom Welling does a fantastic job as a young Clark Kent. Funny fact, he was in Cheaper by the Dozen. I've never seen that. Have you not? Oh, oh no. Oh. <laughs> right, moving on. That's... You know, it's, it's good, because you do get really fun episodes where he learns about his powers. Um... And because the show's, it's good, but there is some really bad stuff in it, but it kind of makes it funny. Like, for example, there's a whole, like, three-episode arc in, like, season four, I think, where Clark Kent learns that magic is real. (laughs) And then it never comes up again. (laughs) It's so good. What? Like, like... Like, there's a scene at the end of the arc, he's gone to China and he's had to, like, oh fight witches because his <laughs> friend's been possessed. And he comes back to the family farm and he's talking to his parents and he's like, guys, magic's real and magic can hurt me. And it's like, oh, yeah, because that's just like the comics. Magic's a weakness of Superman. Oh, that's really cool. And then the next episode, he's like, oh, I wish Lana liked me. Like, he's going to talk about magic again. <laughs> and then um, I think it isn't until, like, season eight where they introduce more magic people where Satana turns up. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember. Magic's real. I remember that. I don't think the writers uh, remembered that. They forgot. <laughs> you know what's weird, right? When do you think Smallville finished? When did it start? I'm not going to tell you that. Uh, just from just no, from what you think about what that show is, when right. do you think that show would have finished? Right, so if you say it's like the 21st century, I think it started... Ooh. Early 2000s, I'm going to say, because I've, I've seen clips, it looks dated. I'm going to go, it started like 2003, finished 2000 and um, 2003, 4, 5, 6, 7, not 2010, 11? You are correct, it no. ended 2011 and it started in 2001. Oh, no way. Do you know what's weird about that? That means that Smallville was on the air when The Dark Knight was in cinemas. Oh my god! That is really weird. That came out at the same time as 
with those good films, Dark Knight. That, I find that really weird. I don't get that. But yeah, like it's <laughs> it's weird because Smallville it feels very two thousands. Very. And the Dark Knight doesn't. No, that's just the Dark Knight feels like sleek and modern and brand new or whatever. Even now it holds up. Um, but Smallville, there's a lot of like music and clothing choices where you're like, oh god, this is the 2000s. <laughs> it's so. Nope. <laughs> and there are some really disappointing parts of it. But watching that whole show, buying the box set was worth it because there is a two-part, um, basically movie called Absolute Justice, where Superman discovers that this the team, the Justice Society, existed. And we get our first ever live action Doctor Fate, and oh. it's fantastic. Oh yeah, I remember it's you genuinely said that. really good. If you watch any part of Smallville, watch Absolute Justice. It's and what, so good. What season's that? Or that what? When that we... was season nine. I don't want to go through. I watched nine seasons waiting for that episode. <laughs> that just sounds torture. You're not selling it for me. Was there supposed to be any more, or were they like, no, you're we're going to stop at ten? Or did the studio go, no, you're going to stop at ten? Did they want more? I, I... I think by the time it got to like see, because I think there was talk about ending it at season nine, but I think by the time they got to season ten, they realized no, we've we've done all the story we can, all the actors and actresses want to kind of like move on, do more stuff. Let's call it quits. I think it was a very amicable amicable decision. But here's the thing: the reason that show lasted for so long, and the reason why I wanted to talk about this in particular, is because that show started everything we have now. Really? The Hourverse, all the other stuff, the DC streaming stuff, all of that, because that show kept superhero TV alive. There was no Marvel TV stuff. There was nothing like that. And what that did was it got people interested in the Green Arrow character because then Smallville ends in 2011, 2012, you get Arrow. Complete reboot, but because Green Arrow was popular, they kept Green Arrow, they made a new show about him, and then that triggered the Arrowverse, the big connected universe on DC TV. And then that triggered ship over at Marvel to go, oh, fuck, DC are doing all these TV shows. We need to start producing a bunch of TV shows. And then because all those TV shows get produced, Disney goes, oh, a bunch of our Marvel shows aren't that good. Let's clean slate everything and put a big focus on Disney Plus TV shows. So I'm convinced that without Smallville, we wouldn't have got WandaVision or Loki or anything like that. But what about the Netflix stuff on Disney? Um, the well, that's Netflix, the thing, like the Netflix, yeah. that's, that again, that was all part of the fact that, you know, DC was getting Arrow released. They then were spinning that off into The Flash and that was doing really well because The Flash came out in 2014 and they were building a connected universe on the CW full of all these DC characters. Marvel like, oh fuck, we need to get we need Marvel TV shows. Agents of Shield is kind of doing okay, but people don't seem to like it. Let's sell out our fucking licenses to any fucking streaming service. So you get a bunch of shows on Netflix, you get a bunch of shows on Hulu. Like Freeform had Cloak and Dagger, you know? You had Agent Carter in Humans. Not great, but, you know, you had it. Forgettable. All of those shows came out because Marvel were trying... Well, Marvel Television, different branch, complicated, we'll talk about it another time. But Marvel Television was trying to compete with DC because Arrow Season 1 did so well. And we wouldn't have got Arrow Season 1 if Smallville never existed. Well, thank you, Smallville. 
that is a that is an essential piece in DC TV shows. And it's even funnier because at the same time Smallville happened, we had a very little brief run of another DC TV show, Birds of Prey. And how did that go? Did that have Harley Quinn in it? I mean, it did actually. It did have Harley oh, Quinn. Right. <laughs> it did. Did she they... was the villain. Oh, was uh, she? Did, did, did they team not, up? Not the... Sorry? Did they team up um, at the end of the series or were they already No, I think the series ended... I, I can't remember if it ended on a cliffhanger or not. But she's like the main antagonist. But she's not Harley Quinn. She's Harley and Quinzel. Oh. And it's set after the Batman has killed Joker. Oh, clever. Like um, yeah, it's, 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 I think because like, it's implied that the killing joke happened. Nice. Um, and then, because Barbara is Oracle at this time, she's no longer Batgirl. But it's also implied that this is set in the same universe as Batman Returns. All right, okay. Because it was the same costumes for Batman and Catwoman. And then the main character is Huntress. And in this universe, she's the daughter of Catwoman and Batman. Oh. Um, that universe no longer exists because it was erased from existence <laughs> in Crisis on Infinite Earths. And then they had a little montage to be like, oh, look at all the universes that are back. And Birds of Prey wasn't in it. So I, is, I like to think it's just gone. <laughs> that's so upsetting. Like, Was it any um, good, though? I mean, there was some fun stuff. I mean, all of these shows are fun stuff, but there's a reason it only got one season. However, I will say also, the Birds of Prey movie is is better. Like, Can people you... don't... There's a lot of people don't like that movie. Because at the end of the day, right, it had a better villain. Because you McGregor... I mean, I'll get I'll, I'll get to it later on, but you McGregor's Black Mask is really good. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's the better villain from a Birds of Prey property. You McGregor. Because the Birds of Prey TV show, it was like a one-season flicker, and then it was literally erased from existence. (laughs) (laughs) They they got the actress back. They got the actress who played Huntress back to run across a rooftop, pretend to talk to Barbara Gordon in like a fake earpiece, and then she's like, oh no, the anti-matter's coming. The the wave gets her, she's turned to dust, (laughs) and then they never bring her back. So I like to think that that universe is gone. It's dead. Oh dear. Oh well. At least we've got many more DC shows, you know? This is just one season that was okay. Well, yeah, I, that that is everything. That's all the old stuff. That's all up until the 2000s. So I thought now we could talk about, like, the Arrowverse. I... Because I'm curious to see what your relationship with the Arrowverse is. Very little. I mean, I've seen some episodes of The Flash. I do like some of the stuff in The Flash. I think it's cool. I remember seeing when they released the trailer. It was like a five-minute trailer, which basically summed up everything in that first season. But I actually learned more about The Flash in that show than in the comics, actually. Because I was watching some clips about it. um, And it was quite cool what they did with it, where they had this big prison... And they were collecting all the the villains. It was a cool wee idea. Um, however, in the first season... It's, it's interesting, actually. So you go. You no, go. I was just going to add that in the first season, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't like the main antagonist a guy who can control the weather? No. Um, he's not the main antagonist. He does turn up weather wizard. Um, what a se- name. Season one of The Flash... Season one of the first did really well because it had a bunch of these classic 
Flash characters, but it also played with a bunch of concepts that are in Flash comics, like the multiverse, yeah. time travel, the rogues, the Flash Museum, all this stuff. And there was this kind of overlooming thread in the Flash season one that the timeline that they are in isn't the original timeline. That Eobard Thorne has fucked his timeline up so that he's now become the Flash a lot earlier than he was supposed to. So technically, in the Arrowverse, we've never seen the original timeline. Um, it was one of those like, fascinating little continuity things that makes the show a little richer, a little more interesting. Yeah, that's quite um, interesting, yeah. But what's interesting about The Flash is that um, like the TV show, a lot of the story beats from the first few episodes are similar to the 90s Flash TV show, the way he gets his powers and like him learning his powers, the team of scientists and all that stuff. Um, but the villain, Reverse Flash, is in, he's amazing in that show. In that first season, he's really fantastic. Um, and it was like the first time a shared universe was being done on TV since probably Doctor Who. Oh, good times. <laughs> good times. Yeah. But that's that is, um, that is pretty decent. Because, again, I've, I haven't seen it in its entirety, um, but it's something I would like to get around to because there's so many flashes. It's well, weird. this is the problem. This is the problem, though. Because that Arrow, the first couple of seasons, I really enjoy it up to, like, season three. I think three was when I three or four was when I stopped watching, whichever season Prometheus turned up in. I think that was the last season I watched. Um, the Flash was really good for the first three seasons, but around the end of season three, there was this weird shift in the show, where all of a sudden the main focus became the relationship of Barry and Iris, uh, even though. Barry Allen's not really the Flash much in the show after that because it, it, it's strange. It's the whole point of season one was that season one was an origin story for Barry Allen becoming the Flash. And people thought that, oh, because there's this deadline, this overlooming cloud that there's this crisis coming because Barry has this newspaper article from the future that's like, oh, the Flash vanishes in crisis. Um... So when Crisis Infinite Earths actually happened, it was like quite a big deal. So he had this overlooming threat hanging over him. And he hears all these fucking stories from the future about the type of hero he's supposed to be. And the potential of the Flash show was that we will get to see this young Barry Allen grow to become this superhero, the Flash. But he's constantly kept in this state of naive, you know, childishness. Because they're like, oh, fuck, well, we need the supporting characters to have something to do. And the easiest way to make supporting characters useful is to have them help the hero make decisions and do stuff. But then that weakens your main character because then all of a sudden your main character becomes this guy who can't stand on his own two feet, who needs a team to constantly prop him up and make him do shit. And that makes the show really uncompelling, especially when... It's supposed to be like set in the same universe as, you know, Arrow, where the Green Arrow is a really seasoned mentor figure to all these people. And he's a mentor to Barry, but he's supposed to become like a friend, like a partner. Um, but the, the dynamic never became, you never felt like they were equals. 
even by the end of like their run, like Green Arrow's run, it always felt like Barry was still the immature one. He needed that extra support from his friends. That's a bit odd. I mean, that's was it not CW who did that? Is it not all CW? Well, that's who did that's, that's yeah. the problem. Is that the writing of the show hasn't really developed? For example, right in season one, one of the main scientists who helps Barry develop his powers is a character called Caitlin Snow. But when you find out that it's Caitlin Snow, you're like, oh fuck, she becomes Killer Frost. I wonder when that's going to happen. And I think at the end of season one or season two, her boyfriend dies. And you're like, oh, this is the start of her villain origin story. And then they don't do it. They don't make her a villain because they're too afraid to have this character who people like go bad. So then Killer Frost is like this evil alter ego and her meta gene is like making a developed split personality and then they both physically split but then killer frost doesn't become a villain she just stays like this cool good person or whatever and it's just it's so shit it's so lazy because the 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 disappointing thing about the flash is season one and season two are full of potential that is never explored in the later seasons is it like a proper decent comic book recreation you know the first couple seasons are absolutely and then the next is just like Gilmore Girls because you you've you've read Flashpoint oh yeah you've you've read um you've read like uh Rebirth and Doomsday Clock yeah like Barry Allen in the comics is a motherfucking G like he he takes no shit from anyone he is so commanded there's a great story called Heroes in Crisis where him and Batman are like, they're trying to solve this fucking mystery. And it's, it's pretty good. They're both like, because he's a genius when it comes to forensics. And so is Batman. So there's a bit where they're both trying to solve a murder. And there's two suspects. There's Booster Gold and Harley Quinn. And when they, the, him and Batman are talking, and they have this great bit where they're, they're like rattling off evidence to each other. They're talking about the case with each other. And they're, like, going back and forth. And they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, so we're in agreement. The killer is. And they both say different names. And it's like, oh, that's really fun because it shows that, like, they're on the same level, but they also, they're independent thinkers who make their own connections and all this shit. But he's, he's like, he's essentially a detective. Mm-hmm. He's super fucking smart. And he's, he's, he's got his own initiative. He's the mentor to a bunch of characters. Characters like Jesse Quick, um, Excess, Impulse. Kid Flash, all those characters were mentored by Barry Allen, and they try and do that in The Flash, but like there's stuff where he's trying to mentor Kid Flash, but he fucks up the mentoring, and then someone else has to come along and be like, Barry, just do this, and he's like, oh yeah, I should do that, and then he goes, does the mentoring, and it's like, you can't have your mentor get mentored. That's a bit awkward, it just, it doesn't, (laughs) you know, because I do remember reading Rebirth, and I love The Flash stuff in that, I thought it was so cool. Um, so it's a bit He's so fucking cool. Yeah, so it's a bit disappointing that the show doesn't, you know, do they the also waste Wally West? Oh no, Wally West is probably one of the most popular Flash characters, and he's in the show. I mean, it's the new Fifty Two version, so he's not exactly the same because the new Fifty Two changed Wally West, and then they brought the original Wally West back. It's a whole thing, but this show had the new Fifty Two version. Um, but he, you know, he has, like, the costume of, like, Kid Flash or whatever. But he's in it for, like, a season, maybe two seasons. 
and then they put him on Legends of Tomorrow. And then they were like, oh, actually having a speedster in Legends of Tomorrow makes it too easy to like solve problems. We'll just get rid of him. And he's just gone. He's not in the universe. Doesn't even get mentioned in Crisis and Infinite Earths or anything like that. And then he comes back and he's like, oh, I did like meditating for a few years. It's like, what? He's like, look, I can make a flower with lightning. Oh, I've, I've got to go, guys, bye. And just leaves again. They had a big episode oh, like a few months ago where they're like, oh, look, we're getting all the Flash family together. Didn't fucking mention Kid Flash. <laughs> That's just upsetting. You thought they would have a wee bit more care, but considering that they've done so much in the DC universe, you know? Exactly, and that's the biggest problem. And, like, a lot of these Arrowverse shows that are current, that exist now, their biggest failing is they're not fulfilling the potential that they set up. Because both The Flash and Arrow set up these sidekicks because the hot like what happens in the comics is you will or what used to happen before nostalgia became the most powerful factor in comics is that a character would train someone else up pass the mantle on and then the original one would die that's how wally west became the flash that's how john stewart became green lantern you know these mantles would get passed down that's how Ryan Choi became the Atom. And they sort of do it a bit in the shows. But not that like, well. Ryan Choi is going to become the Arrow in the next season of The Flash. But that's just because they fired Brandon Ruth in Legends of Tomorrow because they needed a character to kill him. <laughs> is that because of a narrative reason? It was just like, oh, fuck, well, we got rid of him. Let's bring in someone else. But The Flash could have gone on for, like, 18 seasons. Oh, my God. That's... It could have gone on for that long if they'd have stuck to the whole thing of, okay, we'll have Barry Allen as the Flash for like six seasons. And then when people get tired of him, he can pass the mantle on to Wally West. And then Wally West can pass it down to Bart Allen. So uh, it just keeps Barry on going. Allen's kid. And they could have done the same thing with Arrow, where he passes the mantle down to Arsenal. And Arsenal becomes the new Green Arrow. And then he could pass it on to Artemis and shit like that. Um, but instead of doing that, they brought those characters in couldn't figure out anything else to do with them, got rid of the characters, and then killed their main guy. As one does. Because the main guy, yeah, because the main guy was done with it. And it's it's such a shame because, you know, you look at Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, uh, Batwoman, they all feel so restricted because they're following a outdated business model when it comes to TV shows. Because when was the last time you willingly watched a TV show with a season that was 22 episodes long that wasn't a sitcom? Off the top of my head, um, none. I I generally don't think. Like anything, like the comedies are easy to watch, but... Nah. Is that because it's like half an hour? Yeah. But that's like a half an hour with adverts, so they're close to like 20 minutes or whatever. So you can watch like three episodes in an hour. Mm. So you, you're rattling it through the same. But like, look at Sex Education. That's like, what, eight, nine episodes? And they're all like an hour each. They're all an hour long, and they all feel purposeful. Mm. Not a minute's wasted. But with the big 22-season episodes, you watch them, and a lot of the time there's a lot of... Yeah, exactly, there's filler episodes. I hate those. You know? See, I think that's the problem with me when I want to go around to watch these shows. There's just 
too much. There's too much. Um, and the, I know there's yeah. going to be filler episodes. And it's just... I don't like it. That's why Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah. started to pick up an audience around season three. Because they realize, oh, let's stop trying to stretch this one story over 22 episodes. And let's split the story up. And then I think in like seasons four and five, the story was split up into like three chapters. Um, actually, no, from season three even. I think season four was the best because you had one chapter about eight episodes long, six episodes long, about Ghost Rider. Then they did another eight episodes about LMDs. And they did another eight episodes about this Matrix-styled alternate reality where they were plugged into this thing called like the the framework, whatever, which was this um, simulated reality where Hydra was in charge. And that worked because you were basically getting three seasons in one. Yeah. But the Flash, Arrow, Batwoman, Legends of Tomorrow, they're all taking these stories and stretching them out over 22 episodes, and they're losing interest. I don't like I the, think it's just like the studios, it's like a contract they have to fill out. There has to be 24. They should be given more freedom. It's just... And Why? Yeah. Why again? Better writers, more freedom. Because they're, they're, they're of the Arrowverse shows lately, the one that critically is doing the best is Superman and Lois. Yeah. I've and that's fucking that. funded by HBO Max. That is bizarre. I've, I mean, I've, I've been trying to get around to watch that, but I'm worried that my laptop's going to crash and burn because I have to watch it illegally. And <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's the annoying thing about that show is that there's no... UK syndication because no. again we don't have HBO Max. We, we we all know why I'm cautious to watch illegal stuff on my laptop. Do you remember my story about that? Is it, <laughs> yeah, because you watched the entirety of the OC and it broke your laptop. Yes, it was such a good story. <laughs> and funnily enough, I think this works really well. I think this story is so important because the main character in the OC, that actor, plays Commissioner Gordon in Gotham. Oh, so is this your segue into the non-Arrowverse TV shows? No, I just wanted to mention that. I mean, I think <laughs> that is what I've written down in my notes. Mention the OC and how it's connected to Gotham. That's what I've written. <laughs> but no, with, oh Superman, with Superman and Lois, I, I really like the appeal of it. I mean, I've seen a lot of clips again because I just haven't gotten around to watching it. You know, you should feel happy. You should be so proud that I managed to get through season two um, of Titans. We'll get to that in a bit. But I've seen clips and it's like a proper origin story, I believe. Like I've seen this shot where it's literally recreating oh, that comic. There, there is an origin story. There's a seven minute origin where they basically, because this show, Superman Lois, it was the first full post-crisis TV show. Right. Um, so this show plays around with the fact that, oh, the timeline's been changed, so we can fiddle with this version of Superman's origin story. Because it's the same Superman from Supergirl, but this time he got married to Lois a lot sooner, met her a lot sooner, and has two kids. So that opening seven minutes was basically giving you a quick rundown of his post-crisis timeline, of how his life has changed. And you get the origin, you see how he meets Lois, you see, you know, what his life was like before he moves back to Smallville with his family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a really well-made sequence. And then the rest of the show is really well done because it's it's got that Smallville vibe because it's in Smallville. Um, 
but it thematically it follows a lot of the same stuff where it could almost be like a spiritual sequel to Smallville. Smallville was about him learning how to um be a you hero. know cope with the fact that he has these powers. Yeah. You know, and he has to keep this secret from all of his peers. Whereas Superman and Lois, it's about him using the fact that he felt like a loner, he felt isolated, to help his kid get through it, because one of his sons has superpowers as well. So it's really well done in that regard. And plus, a lot of the family drama, it's it's real drama. It's actual, you know, there's reasons behind conflict. There's reasons behind, like, like Lois and Clark are a great team. You know, you can really, you really feel like these characters love and care about each other. So when they have an argument, you don't feel like, oh, this is the writers just trying to spin drama out of nothing. There's a reason behind it. And a lot of the time, the arguments don't just end with, oh, fuck you. It's like, okay, yeah, you, I see your point of view. Here's my point of view. And they come to like a mutual ground. So it's like you're watching an actual healthy couple operate in this weird fucking over-the-top world. And it's so well done. And then you look at fucking shit like Flash, where <laughs> it's I like mean, I've always had a wee bit of negative, well, not negative thoughts, but like hesitant to watch it because it was from CW, and the only other thing I know CW made was Gilmore Girls, and I heard <laughs> it's whoa, 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 whoa! I will not have any slander towards Gilmore Girls. I fucking <laughs> no, love Gilmore no, Girls. Nothing wrong with Gilmore Girls. Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> but when I, you know. A studio known for making Gilmore Girls then decides to do a superhero show. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is true. Different. But they've 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 done like quite a few, and this is the thing, right? Except for Batwoman, every season, every first season of these shows produced by the CW has been really good. Even Constantine, I quite like Constantine. What is Constantine? Um, I just don't. I I think. Sorry? What is Constantine? I don't think I've heard that one. You've you've heard of the character John Constantine? I'm going to say no. You've not heard of John Constantine? If you explain him to me... He's like a... He's a paranormal detective in DC Comics who's part of the Justice League Dark. Th- th- this is new to me, sir. I, you've got, oh, you, are you being fucking... He's like one of the biggest... He's like fucking DC's Doctor Strange. I mean, no, that's Doctor Fate. But I was going to say that's Constantine Doctor Fate. Is, Con- Constantine is part of that world. He's like, oh, he's a fantastic character. He's a British character, invented by Alan Moore, who's basically a paranormal detective, and then he became part of the Justice League Dark. It's him, Zatanna, Dead Man, Swamp Thing. Like he's connected to Swamp Thing and all that shit. Um, he's uh, there's actually a really fun Easter egg in the Constantine show where there's like a certain number. I think it's like he gives a business card and if you phone the number on the business card, you've got a message from Constantine being like, I'm busy, phone back later. If you're looking for the green guy, try the swamp. And that's a reference to Swamp Thing. Um, but yeah, he's like a huge character in DC Comics. He's, he's a pretty fucking big deal. Well, well I would like to apologise for not knowing him that well. <laughs> I've, I've just... He had a TV show. He had a one-season TV show that... I don't think because it wasn't really advertised very well because it wasn't connected to the Arrowverse either. It kind of went under, but because people loved Matt Ryan's portrayal of the character because he's like he's as comic accurate as fuck. They brought him into Arrow 
the I think it's like season four where um, this character called Damien Dark becomes the main villain and he does like a bunch of magic shit. Oh, I've just googled him. I've, I, I recognize it. I just I didn't know much about the character. He's such a he's he's a cool fucking character. He's one of my favorite DC characters. They bring him into Arrow, and there's a there's like a flashback episode where. Oliver Queen talks about the fact that he's like, oh, yeah, right, I know magic's real. He's like, what do you mean magic's real? He's like, I've seen some stuff. And you find out that he went, that while he was on the island, he met John Constantine, and Constantine gave him one of those tattoos as like a magic spell and taught him a little bit of magic. And then because people were like, holy fuck, he was great on Arrow, bring him back, they made him like a, like a recurring character and then a series regular on Legends of Tomorrow. And then once again... Because DC are fucking shit. <laughs> they they want to make a Constantine show themselves, or at the very least, a Justice League Dark show. So, they've stopped the character from being put in the Sandman TV show, even though he's like a big part of one of the stories. Um, and they forced Legends of Tomorrow to drop the character. But because they like Matt Ryan, and they want to keep Matt Ryan on board... Matt Ryan is going to be playing a completely different character on Legends of Tomorrow. He's no longer playing John Constantine, which means that I think that brings the total of costume superheroes in Legends of Tomorrow down to two. Oh, my. And one of them was invented for the show. That's upsetting. It's fucking dire, isn't it? It's, it's ridiculous. It makes me wonder. But to yeah, watch. so Constantine is one of those weird things where I don't think he started off as part of the Arrowverse, like that TV show. But because of big fan demand, they then made it part of the Arrowverse and then connected, like, and then tied up his storyline on Legends of Tomorrow and gave his character, like, some closure. Um, which is, you know, kind of interesting. But my original point, before we got on the little Constantine sidetrack, is the fact that each first season, more or less, again, except for Batwoman, of the CW Arrowverse shows... It's full of potential, but a lot of that potential requires massive changes to the stories, to the characters, and one of the big flaws of CW writers is when an audience gets attached to a relationship or they get attached to a character, they're very afraid to change that character in case the audience, you know, doesn't respond properly, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas Superman and Lois was like you know, because it's actual better writers on HBO Max, they were like, right, let's take everything that people liked about this character in the Supergirl show and let's just, you know, change the bits we don't like, keep the bits we do like, and really fucking make our own version of Superman. And it's perfect. It's so fucking good. And this universe should follow in that footstep. To be honest, they should cancel most of it and put it all on HBO Max. And have that Arrowverse continue on HBO Max. Because Batwoman is all over the place. Is that just a mess? Um, it, I, I mean, I want to do an episode, so I won't talk about it too much. I want to do an episode where we talk about Batman TV shows that don't have Batman in them. Yes. I because remember. I think we're up to five now. There's a lot to talk about there. Even oh. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of Batman TV shows that don't have Batman in them. That is for... And this is one of them, and I think this one might be the worst. Oh, dear. Well, I have to watch be- that one. Yes. <sighs> okay. I've not seen it, 
so oh, maybe so it would be really it. good. We can watch it together. We can watch it together. That would be cute. But the reason why I think it's the worst, it's a show where you can quite clearly see where they're just laying the tracks as the train is still going. Because season one, you know, you had Ruby Rose play Batwoman. And there was a lot of... It wasn't just that, oh, she coexists alongside Batman. There was a lot of stuff where it was like, no, no, no. Batman, Batman's a piece of shit. We need Batwoman to come in and replace Batman because fuck Batman, women are better. And Obviously. And I'm not even just saying that because, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you just hate women. It's like, that's not that's not the case at all. I'm just literally quoting the show. There's a scene in that show where Lucius Fox's son, Luke Fox, says something like, oh, that suit is literal perfection. Talk about the bat suit. And then she's like, it will be perfection when it fits a woman. And it's like, okay, you didn't need to do that. <laughs> Just a bit of awkward tension in the room, I think. I Because, mean... like, Supergirl made Supergirl her own character while coexisting alongside Superman. Batwoman could have done the same thing, you know. But instead... They were just like, oh, Batman left because he killed the Joker. Again, same fucking thing they did with the Birds of Prey show. And now Batman was just going to fucking do the Batman stuff. However, because Ruby Rose was like, actually, fuck this, I don't want anything to do with this. They then had to come up with a reason of like, okay, well, now we need to bring in a new version of Batman because we don't want to recast. And then halfway through the series, they're like, oh, fuck, well, we need to wrap up the the Kate Kane storyline. Fuck it, we'll just recast anyway making the the current Batwoman character completely pointless because she only exists because they didn't want to recast and then they recast anyway. Oh, wow. You know? And they could have they could have brought in any number... They could have brought in Cassandra Cain from oh, the comics. They could have brought in Stephanie Brown and still made those characters Batwoman because, yeah, they were Batgirl in the comics, but who gives a fuck? Just make them Batwoman in this one, you know? And you could still have a black actress play Cassandra Kane, you know, play um, Stephanie Brown, that gives us some building blocks. Just the, the, you've got, like, two mysteries. Um, why did Bruce Wayne go missing? Why did Kate Kane go missing? And then they resolved why Kate Kane went missing. And then Kate Kane's like, well, I'm going to go look for Bruce Wayne now. And then, so, like, Batman and the original Batwoman are just gone, and now it's like, well, what investment does this person have in continuing that legacy? Like, what? It, it, it doesn't it's make like, sense. It's messy... And a little bit like you can see the behind the scenes stuff when you watch the show. You can see it happening on screen. <laughs> yeah, it's not a show where you're like, oh yeah, all of this is done for story purposes. You watch this and you go, oh, this is done because executives were panicking and they didn't know what to do because they lost their main actress. See, this is this is why I have some, you know, I'm not rushing to watch these shows because they just sound a tad bit messy and they're too long. Well, you need to cut it before down. Before we move on, do you want a little bit of hope for this universe? Is it good hope? It it's some hope. It's some hope. It's not a lot, but it's some. Hope. <laughs> Let's give it to me. Because I I don't think this universe is going to last much longer with the writing that it has. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. That's in the sand. No, um, the, I think because the general reception to this universe is starting to dwindle, and I think people realise that. And I think the fact that Superman and Lois did so well, and people noticed that, 
I think they're pushing to make these shows feel more like they're part of the shared universe again because they've not been able to do that due to the pandemic. So The Flash Season 8 is going to open with a five-part crossover called Armageddon um, where it's going to have Superman, it's going to have Batwoman, it's going to have Ryan Choi the Atom, I think it's going to have Reverse Flash, it's going to have all these characters, Black Lightning's coming back even though his show's finished, um, I think Supergirl is going to be in it, hopefully, because that would be nice. Um, they're having all these characters return for a big five-part crossover in the Flash show, which means it'll be a bit more online than when they do it with like, oh, we need one episode from Batman, we need one episode from Supergirl. They can just do it all on the one show. And hopefully, hopefully... Fingers crossed. They put some... Fingers crossed. They put some money, they put some time... And they get this universe back on track because if it keeps going the rate it's gonna it's going now, we're just gonna be left with Superman Lois. Can I be honest with you? I don't think that's gonna yes. happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. But I am for the first time in a while I'm actually excited to watch a CW crossover event. So there's there's two other little pockets of DC TV I wanted to talk about. I wanna save the DC streaming service stuff till last. Okay. But before we move on to the non-Arrowverse, non-DC streaming service stuff, give me your thoughts on the Arrowverse as a whole. Um, it can do with some work. <laughs> like that, that, you know, just a wee bit of tweaking here and there. Um, need to cut down their episodes Uh and do some interesting stories that are relevant to the comics because from what you've told me it doesn't sound they've done that done a great job they need to be a wee bit more tighter they need to have a good guy on top going look let's do this and for me it's quite kind of overwhelming the amount of episodes there are and fillers they need to stop that stop trying to be Gilmore Girls you know nothing wrong with Gilmore Girls just need to stop it um Stop trying to be Gilmore Girls. That's see if I I've was never heard that critique of the Arrowverse before. Stop. stop trying to be Gilmore Girls. Well, that's my critique. You know they've got to stop being Gilmore Girls. There's so much more than Gilmore Girls. Um, no, I, I I agree with you. That's a, it's a, good, it's a solid technique of the DC Arrowverse. It needs to be less Gilmore Girls. Anyway, enough about Gilmore Girls. But that's just my general thoughts. I still need to get around to watching them. Will I watch them? Because there's so many, probably not, but I'll watch clips. You know, they need to get a better budget so they don't keep I, on... I'm going to make an effort to watch everything post-Crisis. Good luck, sir. Because <laughs> I've seen Crisis Infinite S. In fact, I've watched that crossover quite a few times. I've got a little bit of a soft spot for it. But, because um, the, the post-Crisis stuff isn't that much. It's a season of Flash... It's a season of Supergirl, it's Superman Lois, and a season of Batwoman. And a season of Black Lightning as well, but I'm just going to watch all four of that because the, because that was produced, or co-produced with Netflix, it does have shorter seasons. Okay, I, I, you know what? Now so that it's you've... a little more palatable. Yeah, so since you said it's shorter, I'll even watch it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I do want to finish it because I, mean, I know how it ends. But I'm, I'm like invested, kind of. You want to explore more uh, in the universe because you're such a DC fanboy. Exactly, exactly. 
you know, I I think they had like a fun little connection to Crisis, where I think there's a scene where Black Lightning's daughter is talking to a two different versions of herself from two different universes. Okay. And then one of them's like, wait, what's happening? And she just gets erased. And the other two are like, wait, what the fuck? And then the other one gets erased. And then the main one, like, comes out of whatever thing she's in. And she's like, what the hell's happening? Something's happening. And they, like, look out in the sky and they see the wave of antimatter come, erasing their Earth. And then Black Lightning just disappears and then they get erased and then it comes up going to be continued in Crisis and Infinite Earths. And it's like, that's a, that's like a comic book cliffhanger. Oh, that's really cool. Um, I mean, I know what happens, so I probably won't get as excited when it happens in the show. But I want to get to that point because I find that fascinating. Because it was the only other DC show that had something like that happen. Because Black Lightning was in the crossover, but the show didn't have a crossover episode. If you get me. I, I get you. You just want to get to that part where you're like, I know what's going to happen. You just want the satisfaction of knowing what's going to happen. That's literally yeah, it. I, wanna, I want the full... I want to add it to my collection in my brain of DC TV that I've watched. It's just a wee mental... And I'll probably... I'm probably going to buy the box set. Of course you are. Of course you are. And you're going to force all I, of us... Because I, I would love to have the Arrowverse multiverse... All in physical media. There's something nice about that. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you're a bit odd, but yeah, I'll get it. I'll, I'll, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, there's something there. I can understand why you would do that. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Speaking of shows I would like to have in physical media, let's move on to a bunch of DC shows I wouldn't want oh. in physical media. <laughs> Except maybe this one. Gotham. Have right. you seen Gotham? I have seen the first three episodes and I didn't carry on with it because I... <laughs> <laughs> but see, the thing is, see, when the first season came out, you know the reason... Do you know why I wanted to watch it? Why? Oh, yeah. Because it has Ryan from the OC in it. Yeah, Ryan from the OC. He grew up, he ditched his architectural job and became... He didn't grow a moustache. He didn't grow a moustache. <laughs> What's the fucking point? What's the fucking point of playing Jim Gordon if you're not going to grow a Jim Gordon Because he's, he's young. He's just entering into the ranks. He'll eventually grow it. He's married. He's, like, <laughs> married with a wife. Like, I don't even think... Because by the end of the show, they flash forward to the future. I don't even think he has a moustache in the future. Is this... Do you not like it because it, he doesn't have a moustache? No, I... I've got a soft spot for that show. I like it. Because... I think that first season, because here's the thing, right? It's another reason why I like Smallville as well. I think Smallville and Gotham, and I choose to believe they are set in the same universe. Okay, you believe that right now. Because <laughs> there's nothing that contradicts that. Um, Gotham doesn't have any like other DC characters in it's just Gotham characters. And Smallville has absolutely no Gotham characters at all, except from a really bad dead shot and a really bad Deathstroke. Um, other than that, there's no Gotham crossover or anything. So for the mo- so I choose to believe they're set in the same world. I'll, I'll but I also that. like them... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for allowing my own personal headcanon. You're, you're, you're so... I <laughs> like them both for similar reasons, really, because I think Gotham 
really captured the feeling of Gotham City. Yeah. Especially in the the first few episodes when it was like a lot of focus on, you know, mob bosses and crime lords and all that shit. And Smallville captured the vibe of Smallville, you know, Midtown America, um, that type of feeling. Um, so I like the tone of Gotham and I like that I think in season two it really just started to go fuck it with Gotham characters. We got a Mr. Freeze, we got a Riddler, we got these fully developed, you know, Gotham villains. Um, I love that they basically had Joker without ever being able to call him Joker. I remember you telling me about that. That's a really sad thing, you know? You're one of the best characters and you can't even call him the Joker. Because this is... And this is a problem with literally every DC TV show since the, you know, the the start of the 21st century. They are all restricted by the fact that they cannot just use the full DC universe. Oh, dear. It's like they need to get Um, a wee bit more organised and say, you can say this and you can't say it. It's just messy. This is another reason why I'm not rushing to watch them. It's messy because... This would actually make a really interesting episode. I'd like us to do an episode where we just talk about the movies that ruined Smallville. There are so many movies that were in development and then got cancelled during Smallville's runtime that limited characters that Smallville could use because they were supposed to be in these movies that all ended up getting cancelled. And Gotham's another thing. Gotham, because it was running at the same time as they were starting this brand new DC universe, there was characters like Joker that they wanted to use. In like Suicide Squad, Batman vs Superman, not Batman vs Superman, but you get what I mean. Um, they couldn't have Batman in the bat suit because they wanted to save him for the movies. Um, so they were like, "Okay, you can use these characters and nothing else," you know. So when you watch the show, it feels restricted because you have a character who is quite obviously the Joker. <laughs> he looks like the Joker. He is He's the talking Joker. like the Joker. People are referring to him as, well, they don't call him the Joker, but his name's Jeremiah, you know? Like, he is the Joker. Just He's he's the Joker. He's, he's just the Joker. But they don't call him the Joker, and he never gets the Joker costume. But you have Penguin, who's in a Penguin costume. You have Riddler, who's in a Riddler costume. You have Mr. Freeze, who's in a Mr. Freeze costume. And then you have this guy, who isn't in a Joker costume, who doesn't call himself the Joker, but he's the Joker. He's obviously the Joker. Everyone knows he's the Joker. Even the actor is like, yeah, I'm playing the I Joker. Am the Joker. I, just can't, <laughs> I just can't say I'm the Joker. Like, it's... And then you have, like, Mark Hamill, who voiced the Joker for years. He's, like, the definitive voice of Joker. Be like, wow, this guy is such a good Joker. Like, it's so... Did he get into trouble for saying that? <laughs> I don't think so, because legally he wasn't the Joker, but he was the Joker. I'm surprised Fox didn't get sued. Um... But it's so, it's so fucking weird. And it's so frustrating because it's like, just just have him be the Joker. Because at this rate, right, this is the thing. DC doesn't want certain TV shows to use certain characters because they're worried it would get confusing and overly complicated if they have multiple versions of the same character across multiple different projects. And yet, next year, we are going to have... Five different versions of Bruce Wayne across movies and TV shows. This is crazy. I don't. I don't know if I like that. Because we've got the Bruce Wayne that his cast 
and has been seen in Batwoman. We have the Bruce Wayne in Titans. We have Michael Keaton, Bruce Wayne, Ben Affleck, Bruce Wayne, and Robert Pattinson, Bruce Wayne, all going to be in movies next year. Mm-hmm. We've got five different versions of Bruce Wayne, and everyone knows, oh, they're different versions of Bruce Wayne. They're in different universes, I get it. So why can't we have different versions of Constantine, different versions of Joker? Because, it makes no sense. Because I believe they think Batman's the most popular one, and so they'll allow it. They'll allow different stories and different characters. He's, but that's the thing. He's the most popular one because they've allowed so many different stories. <laughs> How many times have we seen Bruce Wayne's parents get shot? Quite a lot. It's scarred in my memory, actually. <laughs> I started to think they were my parents. It was so funny, right? Because I remember in Batman vs. Superman thinking, right, okay, I get why they've done this, but this is the last time I ever need to see the scene. And then we go to watch Joker. And I'm watching Joker. I'm like, oh, well, this is a pretty okay joker origin story i guess and then right at the end out of fucking nowhere <laughs> bang bruce Wayne's parents are dead again <laughs> it's it's a thing that they have what? to do they have to do it all the time like do you think we'll, it'll happen in robert pattinson's one now oh i have to i wouldn't be surprised if there's a flashback i i have hope in matt reeves that he won't do that but then again no a... i i think we're gonna get like a very abstract flashback like we'll see two silhouettes in an alleyway or something like that. And then that's we'll it. We'll get something. Um, because they're like, oh, people won't get it. People need to know that this... Because they're like, oh, if we don't show Bruce Wayne's parents get killed, how will people understand that Bruce Wayne is going through trauma and pain? Which is like... It's one of the reasons why I think Batman vs. Superman gets so much hate. Because Zack Snyder is like, oh... Batman is brutal in that movie because he had a Robin get killed. But we don't see the Robin get killed. What we get shown is his parents getting killed from like 20 years ago. Which apparently he's like, that's the cause of his pain. You know, it's not the Robin that died like last year. It's his parents who got killed 20 years ago. Like he puts the emphasis on the wrong thing in that movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, he's a mummy and daddy's boy. That's it. That's literally... <laughs> Fuck my sidekick, who's been, like, beaten to death with a crowbar. No, no, no. I'm still upset about my parents. <laughs> I didn't have a good childhood. Like, please, I want my mum and dad back. <laughs> like, oh Robin is never said out loud in that movie. Dick Grayson is never spoken out loud. But we hear the name Martha, like, 400 times. <laughs> like, don't, don't, just don't get me started. Oh, dear. Anyway, anyway. so... Yeah, I like Gotham. It it, it has Moving its potential. On. Yes, I'm, I'm going to save a bunch of my thoughts to Gotham for our, because I, I think we should definitely do a movie, uh, an episode where we talk about Batman TV shows that don't have Batman. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I'm looking forward to that. And that gives you time to actually watch them, so we can talk about them. Is a rundown of the prequels that we've had that aren't part of the Arrowverse. They're not connected to any universe, actually. But we have some prequels here you that go. have interesting backstories. We have Krypton and we have Pennyworth. And do you know why I think they're interesting? Because they're prequels? No, no, no. That's the least interesting part That's about the them. least. <laughs> What's interesting about those shows is that they both actually started out as being connected to established universes. Oh, that's clever. Krypton was supposed to be a prequel to Man of Steel. 
Oh, really? Oh. It was it. It's written by David S. Geyer, the writer of Man of Steel. That's cool. That's me and uh, Lauren had watched a couple episodes. We we stopped watching it because it was fucking dire. We started watching <laughs> Superman Lois instead. It's so tedious. It's about. Uh, it's not about Jor El. Oh, okay. It's about Jor El's dad. Oh. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, about Jor El's dad, Jor El. Jor Do you even know the character you're talking about here? <laughs> it's about Jor El's dad, and a guy. And this is this is fun. There's a character called Adam Strange in the comics. Who's like, if you Google him, he looks like you the kind of like 1950s space adventurer you'd see in like the kind of, you know, space serials of the time. He's got like a finned helmet and a classic looking rocket ship and all that crap. And, you know, so cool. You've got a DC character, first live action version. That's fun, I guess. He goes, apparently someone has been sent back in time I might be butchering this, but I think this is what the story was. Someone was sent back in time to stop Superman from ever being born. Because Superman is the greatest superhero in the universe, whatever. And Adam Strange, for some reason on his own, did the Justice League not exist? Were the Justice League like, okay, Adam, you need to make sure Superman doesn't get erased from history, but you've got to do it on your own. (laughs) (laughs) What were the circumstances behind that? Who knows? But he basically has to ensure that Superman stays alive, so he has to look after Superman's granddad. So I was like, okay, I guess that could be fun. And they were clearly going for like a Game of Thrones. There's different houses, and there's like a war between the houses. But the look of Krypton is so shit. What is it this time? It's, you know, that kind of crystallized look in the classic movies? And you know the kind of brass... Um, organic look of the Snyder movies. Yeah, they've merged them together. They've like very forcefully merged them together. Don't like that. Don't no. It, no, me neither. <laughs> me neither. Oh, why, um, why? Just why? That's. I but the like... reason I want to watch that show because there's only two seasons, and the reason I want to struggle through it is because they have. I've seen a couple clips. They have, without a doubt, the best live action Brainiac ever. Oh yeah. You do love your brain yet. He's one of my favourite DC villains. He's so, and the actor who plays him is so fucking cool. There is a great sequence I've seen on YouTube where basically Brainiac's ship descends and starts attacking um, one of the cities on Krypton. And it looks great. But whenever, So whenever you see the big establishing shot of the Skull spaceship emerging from the clouds attacking the city, it looks fantastic. But when they cut to the city... It's like four corridors. Because <laughs> clearly oh, they don't dope. have the budget to build a city. That's so sad. I can see why I only got two seasons. So yeah, but that was supposed to be a prequel to Man of Steel. And it was supposed to show, you know, that moon that gets destroyed. Oh, yeah. And you see the wreckage. You were supposed to see that happen in this show. But we never do. But we never do. Because it, it, I think like during the production... They were like, oh, it's going to be kind of difficult budget-wise and just organization-wise to make this a prequel to Man of Steel. So just don't, okay? Just don't. So there's a bunch of like stuff where it's like, oh, that is kind of like, you know, the Man of Steel mythology. 
but it's been tweaked. Like, you know those little keys yeah. that they have? You know, like the one I've got. Mm-hmm. There's something that looks an awful lot like that, but it's a big rock-shaped dildo because we know how much you like your rock-shaped dildos, don't we? I love them. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I'm having my second thoughts, but, I mean, I just wanted to point out that interesting fact, but we're moving on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and Pennyworth, Which that I... was supposed to... Thought... That was supposed to be a prequel mm-hmm. about the Alfred from the Gotham TV show. Right. See, I thought that would be the weirdest one to watch. Like, who really wants to sit down and watch how Alfred became a butler? Dude, it's it's actually good. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but here's uh, the thing. Yes. Don't watch it as a DC show, because it has absolutely no connection to DC watch, universe. Watch it as it's well. It's got... Watch it... As a 60s alternate history crime drama. Okay. Because it nails the British 60s industrialist look, like with the red brick and the cobbled roads and crap like that. Um, There's a lot of intrigue between these different uh, crime organisations all fighting with each other. The, The guy who plays Alfred is pretty good. He's quite charismatic. And it's funny because he's very obviously... Doing a Michael Caine impression. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to watch you know it It's now. kind of fun. It's uh, it's on uh, Stars, so you've got to buy an extra subscription on top of Amazon. Oh, yay. Excellent. But I uh, apparently, because I've been waiting for season two to come out. It came out in April. Oh, my God. You've, you've had, <laughs> I had no time. idea. You're such a I had no idea. Oh, dear. I don't think it's getting a season three. I mean, I, I, I'm not that invested in it at the moment, so I don't know whether to be happy or sad. Um, and then, before we move on to the actual good TV shows, yes, the, good in my the, the ones that I've actually... Well, I've watched one of them. <laughs> the final one I want to talk about, um, before we talk about like Watchmen and all that stuff, is the TV show Powerless. Have you ever seen Powerless? Do you want to answer that yourself? Of course you've not seen Powerless, because no one's seen Powerless. (laughs) No one's seen it because it's bad. It's bad and it's terrible. And it's such a shame because it had a great cast. It had um, uh, that Amanda person. What's her name? You really... I think she was in a high school musical. um, Oh, I was going to say Vanessa. No, Amanda... Oh, no, yeah, it's Vanessa. It's Vanessa Hudgens. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I don't know why I thought Amanda. Did she play a character called Miranda? No, she played Gabrielle in High School Musical. Am I thinking of Miranda Cosgrove? Maybe you are. I don't know why. They are very similar. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, so Vanessa Hudgens, I think she was in it. And Abed from Community was in it. No way. And the idea was that it was like an insurance firm in the DC universe who are, and it was like, it was like a sitcom and they were reacting to the fact that they exist in this world where there's all this superhero damage going around and they have to like, they run like an insurance firm who insures people on, you know, damage or whatever. And what's weird is that show came out or was like announced. And then a few months later, there was like an announcement that, oh, Marvel are going to do their own version called Damage Control. And then I guess Kim Feige, like, 
was like, absolutely fucking up. We're not doing damage control. I, maybe he looked into the future and saw how bad Powerless was going to be. Because that damage control TV show disappeared. No one ever heard of it again. And the only reference to damage control was in Spider-Man Homecoming. Really? <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming, there's like, the damage control people are the ones who clean oh, yes, up New York. Yes. Oh my god, that's hilarious. And that's it. That's That was the one. And it was weird because it was like, what a specific comedy to make about a group of people who clean up after superhero uh, battles and that we're going to have two of them of this very specific concept. How fucking weird is that? They'll make a show about anything these days. Like, I, I, it does sound a bit It fucking random. won't because they cancelled it after <laughs> one season because it was dog shit. Well, they'll try to make a season. They'll try to make a TV show out of anything, you know? That's true, that is true. Next we're going to get like and a... Then, uh, just quickly, before I move on to DC streaming stuff, the the Watchmen HBO show. That's, I've that's watched good. that. That was amazing. Loved it. It's so good. 10 out of 10. It's so good. My favourite episode Absolutely fucking phenomenal. is the Dr. Manhattan one. It's just so good. Oh, so good. It's beautiful. I still love like, the... And you know what, right? I, I know it doesn't really make sense but it could still work as a sequel to the movie. I Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing is the ending of the film doesn't really... The, get, yeah, the, yeah. The, the giant squid. Mm-hmm. But if you just in your head just go... Because like, the consequences are still the same, really. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a massive attack that affected a bunch of people. So if you just say, well, in the Snyder, in the Zack Snyder movie, it was a giant squid. Then, then you're it's, fine. That, that, yeah, because all the character arcs still continue in the same direction. Mm. Ozzy Melanias' um, story, amazing. And Jeremy Irons. Oh, so good. Oh, oh fantastic. Oh, beautiful. Beautifully made. I'd love I, to watch I'm that I'm so glad. I'm so glad we're not getting a season two because it tells a really good contained story. The only thing I'd have been okay with if they were like, okay, we're doing a season two, but this is what it's going to be, is if we got a story about Night Owl. Oh, yeah. That would be good. Because in the show, he's in prison, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's not there. That's the opportunity. And I, you could do a TV show about an old night owl deciding to break out of prison, or he gets broken out by like a like a like a fanboy who's like, "Hey, I'm gonna be the new night owl, and I'm gonna fucking save you." And then he's got to be like, "No, don't. This is ridiculous." And he gets pulled back into that whole thing. Like, there's a lot of stuff you could do with just following a different character. But I don't think we're going to get any of that. Um, well, I'll never know. But I do well, think that the Rorschach series, the new one, yeah. like the comic, I've been waiting to is that. connected to that TV show. Oh, is it? Oh, that's actually quite cool. I thought, yeah, I thought it was a spin-off of Doomsday Clock, but I think it's actually a spin-off of the HBO Max series. Oh, that's insane! I'm so looking forward to reading that. Like, I've been waiting to get that, but it's not out yet. Well, the yeah, individual I'm, I'm stuff waiting, is. I'm waiting for the full thing. Yeah, the full thing. Yeah, I think it comes out in December. That'd be cool. I also want to read, because I like Tom King's work, I want to read Human Target, because I've not mentioned it on here, because I don't know anything about the character, but Human Target has had, like, two attempts at TV shows. And apparently he's just a guy who, like, can disguise himself. Um, He's a DC character. Never heard of him. But Tom King's doing a series on him, and I'm like, well, Tom King's a good writer, so if anyone can make it work, I guess it would be him. Fuck it. See what happens. Exactly. Um... But anyway, yes. So all of that, that's a brief overview of the entire 
fucking mess of DC TV show up until the biggest mess of them all, excluding the Hourverse, because that's just a fucking shit show. The DC streaming service TV shows. From what I have seen, it has potential. <laughs> it does. It has so but much potential. I'm going to let you go. Yes. Like, you talk about yours, because I have some very interesting theories about what the fuck happened with these TV shows. So, yeah. But I, I, I want to hear what you think about Titans. Yeah, so Titans, um, I was forced to watch it. <laughs> Thomas had a gun to my dog and said, <laughs> if I don't watch it, you know, Coco's going to pass away. I've only managed to get season one and two. Haven't started season three. You said that, you said that as if people knew what your dog's name was. Well, Coco is my dog, for those listening. Thank uh, you. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't see season three. So I just want to ask Thomas, is, is Coco safe? I haven't watched season three. Is, is she okay? I, I turned Coco into a nice stew. Okay, so... Mm, no, no, no. <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't do that. Um, oh, no, that's, that's going to haunt me in my nightmares. Um, season one, I enjoyed. I liked how in the opening, like the first three episodes, it felt like it was like a cool wee detective show, and I was like, oh, this is a cool wee take on the Titans characters. Because I remember as a kid watching the Cartoon Network cartoon, um, and I really yes. enjoyed that. I thought that was really cool. So that was my knowledge <laughs> of Titans. You know, I didn't realise for ages that that was supposed to be Robin. How do you mean? He was wearing the Robin costume. I know. I remember watching that show. I knew who Robin was. I knew who Batman was. I remember watching that show thinking, because this is before I knew anything about comics. So I didn't realise there was like a whole extended DC universe. I just thought Batman was a superhero who existed on his own. Mm. Um who had a Robin and all this shit. So I remember watching that thinking, wow, he looks an awful lot like Robin. It was Robin. Why does Robin have, like... Why is this guy, like, dressed like Robin? Like, what the fuck's going on? And then my brother was like, no, no, that is Robin. Robin is his own superhero team. And I was like, what the fuck? What do you mean Robin has his own superhero team? Is it, yeah, because, like... Like, DC Comics has, like, a bunch of superheroes. It's not just Batman. Like, Superman and Batman, they're in the same universe. I was like, wait, what? And that, I think... Teen Titans was the show that made me realise the DC Universe was this big connected thing. I'm surprised how you've made it this far in life not realising that that was Robin. That's amazing. Dude, 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 dude. It's like I've, I just figured that out now. <laughs> this was years ago. <laughs> this happened so, last night. It's this not like I was like, hey, it's, it's not like I'm, I'm being hit like, hey, did you know that that's Robin from Batman and Robin? Like, that's really weird. Although, on the topic of that, does Batman ever turn up in Teen Titans? No, but Bruce Wayne does. Because maybe that was where the confusion stemmed from, was the fact that it was Robin, but they don't have a big thing where he's like, oh, Actually, he's left Batman. I don't think... No. Because that comes up in Titans, doesn't yeah, it? Like Titans the live-action series. Actually, I'm trying to think of that cartoon. I don't think he does. It's all focused on... He's referenced, probably, but there's no... Hi, I'm Batman, and this is my group of friends. Um, <laughs> a classic Batman quote literally I'm so great at you know writing dialogue but no <laughs> season one first three episodes I thought this was going to be a cool wee detective show and I was like this is awesome because Dick Grayson he's he's working for the I can't remember is it the FBI no 
No, he's just a detective. In he's Detroit. just a detective in Detroit, but he's and he's he's a cool. Oh, detective. Chicago, maybe. I think what it is it? Chicago, but it started out well, and I was a bit confused about Rachel's character because I kind of forgot about her. So, but I was liking it. I was warming to it, and then after episode three or four, I felt it just switched to, um, like just a standard superhero show. Because I remember they all teaming up. It's like, right, guys, we're all got these cool powers. We need to work together. And it's like, whoa, 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 what? It kind of just switched the mood a wee bit, and I got really confused. Yeah. And they just shoved these characters to work together, I felt. Like, they picked up Beast Boy. I think this was after Doom Patrol came in. Like, they, they just acquired Beast Boy and his uh, Dick Grayson um, in, like, this garage. It's like, right, guys, we've all got powers he doesn't. He can just kick things and punch things. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we have powers. Let's use them and work together. And it just felt so weird. Didn't like it. Um, but apart from that, first season I enjoyed. I liked the Doctor... What was his name? Adamson? You know, the weird guy who, ha- who was in charge of the family of the organization. Oh, yeah. Oh, so this is the thing, I've not seen season one in ages. But yeah, it's... Um, but I do remember, I, I do roughly remember what you're talking about. Yeah, like, he was controlling these family, or, like, it wasn't a proper family, but it was, like, their, you know, their cover. And I thought that was really cool. It was really creepy, but cool, and I loved that. Um, I also enjoyed when Doom Patrol turned up, because I remember you told me, or you, you telling me that that was just so random. It is a wee yeah, bit yeah, random. I have, some, I have some interesting thoughts on that whole thing. Yeah, but I think it still kind of works because I remember doing some research and Beast Boy is originally in the Doom Patrol group. And he is. He is. So it kind of makes sense for him to, for them to appear and him living with them. And it's like, right, you're going off to the Titans. Uh, you're you're going to join the Titans. And so it's, I kind of like it knowing that they acknowledge that he was part of this group. But now they're going like, no, 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 you can go to Titans now. I think that worked really well. I, I think it does work well because one of the reasons why this iteration of the Teen Titans team is so popular is because the original Teen Titans was all the sidekicks. And then I think Marv Wolfman, who is a writer at Marvel, he came over to work for DC and reinvented the Titans where he took characters from different corners of the DC Comics universe and put them all together. So you had Nightwing as, like, the Justice League representative. Mm -hmm. Starfire was outer space sci-fi. Raven was magic and mysticism. Beast Boy was the weird, quirky side because he was from the Doom Patrol. So he was from, like, the misfit corner of the universe of all the random, bizarre shit. And Cyborg was kind of the body horror sci-fi. He was the more grounded techie sci-fi against the space sci-fi of Starfire. They all had different, um, what's it called? Different genres. And then that meant that the stories could mix with those genres. And I think one of the problems with Titan season one feels like it just forced these characters together because it took those characters. And instead of each of those characters leaning into their specific genres, it tried to funnel them all into one genre, which was gritty crime drama. Yeah. You know, Starfire, yeah, she's an alien from outer space, but they dress her up like she's a 70s hooker. Yeah, yeah. 
and she like wakes up and her memory's gone and there's and like it's like a big mystery and she's like involved with like drug dealing i think and shit like that and it's like no she's an alien from space you know raven it's like oh she's uh, an abused kid at home which is an interesting storyline you know i and could play a lot into like her character but they cut all the magic and mysticism and all that shit out until like the very end so she's like you know she doesn't have any of that magic crap going on yeah they do change quite a lot you know because i remember at the opening of season two you know that her dad finally or it is her dad yeah it just doesn't seem like a natural father figure but no it, it is a dad trigon yeah like and then he turns into the beast like it's just such a random switch like it's just the gradual how it started off as a wee detective and it just switched halfway through um not saying it's a bad thing but it's just it's noticeable you know i wasn't in my head i choose to believe that titan season one is pre-crisis and infinite earths and titan season two is post-crisis and infinite earths you think that man I think that works because they well. they do they do get referenced in Crisis. You do see clips from the Titan oh, shows okay. in the Crisis crossover. Um. So that that's the only thing in my head, story wise, that could explain the tone differences between season one and season two. That's fair enough, but overall, season one was good. I enjoyed that. Season two, it was still good. I just felt there was a lot going on. You know, you had so many characters thrown in. And, like, they, yeah, they were all interesting, but I was, I think, again, because I don't know much about these characters, I was just like, what, okay, this is interesting, but I don't, you know, I'm not invested 100%. What characters did you feel were unnecessary for that season? Um, Again, I'm I'm so bad with names, but the one, um, is it the Eagle? Not the Eagle. Is it the Eagle? The eagle, the one who dresses up as the eagle and like her the. Oh, do you mean hawk and dove? Yeah, hawk and dove, like they were cool, but they were like kind of ignored in the first season, and like it was nice to bring them in in the second season, but again, like I didn't really care about them. Yeah, they weren't really necessary for no. the second season. Um, like I, I liked um, the uh oh, I'm so bad with names. Starfire. Starfire. Yeah, I like Starfire. Yeah, in first season, she was really cool, really interesting. How she, uh, I love that scene where, like, up until Wait, then, are you saying that Starfire was unnecessary? No, to, no, no, not unnecessary. Um, it just I felt it was, you know, she was, it was a bit random, sidelined. Yeah, a wee bit of a sideline where, like, you know, her her people are trying to pick her up and everything, um, and it was just like, okay, I kind of want more of the Titans and everything. I think they all had their own little quests, and I didn't. I just wanted them to probably work together um but like in, i love that scene in season one where you know she can't remember her purpose and everything and then rachel tries to help her and then she immediately tries to kill her <laughs> it's just like the, the yeah switch. Just like, i'm gonna try and help you it's like i immediately regret this you're trying to kill me right now <laughs> um, yeah but i thought in like season two again it was cool seeing like the whole the fool like outer space drama and stuff like that but yeah, I, I like I kind of zoned out a wee bit with that. I wanted a wee bit more of the Titans and everything. I did like how uh, Dick Grayson finally got his uh, Nightwing costume. That was a really cool reveal. I like that. 
Um, it's a good. It's a good suit as well. It's a really very like that suit. good suit. And um, I really like Deathstroke in that. I thought he was really good. Yeah, oh, he's my favorite Deathstroke. He's so good. I love. I love the guy who plays him in the Arrowverse. I think Joe Manganiello, the guy who plays him in um, the movies, has a lot of potential. But fuck, the he, guy in Titans, it. the suit, the attitude, he just fucking nails it. Yeah, it's so well done. Um, I didn't realise he had a daughter. You know, is that in the comics as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, she becomes Ravenger, um, his son Jericho, all of that is straight out of the comics. Yeah, because that was... See, cool. this is the thing, right? Because that... I see what you mean by it has too many characters, and it does. Titan's biggest issue uh, for all three seasons is it has too many characters that it knows what to do with. And I think that's because they didn't really know what the backstory around this universe was supposed to be. Um, I also... I'm going to end up ranting here, so you finish your thoughts off before I go into yeah. a big thing. I also thought with... Um... I liked, you know, how we were talking about uh, shows that don't have Batman in it. I liked how in season one, you know, Bruce Wayne did. Yeah, he didn't turn up. But in season two, he does. Um, mm. I don't know how I felt about that. You know, when he, it's, I like the actor who plays Bruce Wayne. I thought it was really cool. But I didn't know if that was their attempt going like, oh, now that we've established these characters and, you know, Gotham and everything, we need to have Bruce Wayne. Let's shove him in here and everything. I don't see I think it's I think it's good that they've done that because I think one of the strengths of this show is that unlike a bunch of the other shows in DC's histories this one uses its corner of the DC universe to full effect it's all titans characters and I think it's good to have another character for, like a character from the Justice League turn up and basically say you guys do it on your own. Because if they didn't have Bruce Wayne turn up and basically give them a reason to, right, we're going to go off and make our own team and do our own thing, you'd have people constantly going, where's Bruce Wayne? Where's Superman? Whatever. But this show does it as a conscious effort to be like, right, the reason the Justice League aren't here is because these characters want to deal with these situations on their own because they're all coming from these other legacies that they want to move away from. They all want to just have their own identity, be their own people, and not rely on the Justice League to bail them out. So they have a built-in reason why those characters aren't there. And I think it's good to have at least one of them turn, turn up. up so that he can be like, okay, here's the, here's, here's the fucking mantle, here's the torch, I'm going to give it to you and you fucking take it and run. Okay, I can, I can I can see your point there, but but it, it it's it's strange because it's I think it would have felt less jarring if it wasn't just Bruce Wayne, and if Dick Grayson's attitude towards Bruce Wayne wasn't so drastically different. Because a lot of season one is I'm pissed off because Bruce Wayne, you know, took my childhood away from yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And then the start of season two is like I forgive you. It's all good. It just doesn't go well. <laughs> You know, um, I also thought, was, like, um, going back to season one, I thought Robin's introduction was so cool. You know, that fight scene in the alleyway. Yeah. I, oh, so cool. I think a lot of season one's issue is that it is trying to be a little edgy. 
Yeah. We can't just have Starfire be an alien. She's got to wear this dress and a big fur coat. We can't just have Raymond be this kid who knows magic. She's got to be like an indie goth kid who's like a loner and outsider, you know. Like, they were trying to, like I said before, take all these characters from these wildly different genres and funnel them all into, look how dark and blue-filtered this show is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Just constantly comparing it in my head to the cartoon, because the cartoon is great. <laughs> and the Titan show is great as well, but the cartoon had a wee bit of the end. You know, it was just a wee bit better. Because um, that was the joy of the comics, was that you could take these four characters, or five characters, whatever, and explore a vast range of different genres because you had a character from each different genre as the the doorway into that world. Yeah. If you want to do space stuff, you've got Starfire. If you want to do weird body horror stuff, you've got Beast Boy. If you want to do, like, mysticism and magic, you've got Raven, you know? They've all got their purpose. It kind of flows quite well. Exactly. And, you know, I th- I think it's... It's one of the weaknesses of that show is that it, it's it's not using those characters and the the associated genres to full effect. Um, anything else you want to add about Titans? Um, I think that pretty much covers it. Like I I I'm looking forward to starting season three. I hopefully I don't have any spoilers. I don't. I've enjoyed season three. It slows down a little bit in the middle. Uh, okay. But I'm hoping it picks up again by the end. Well, I'm looking forward to it. No spoilers, please. Because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil anything. Thank you. But what I will say is that this show and all of these DC streaming service shows are super fucking weird to me, to be honest. <laughs> because it's, I am convinced that all of these shows. Doom Patrol, Titans, Swamp Thing, Stargirl. They were all supposed to be part of the same shared connected universe. Because Right, yeah. I think originally I think Titans potentially even started out as being connected to the movies. Mm-hmm. Because the look of the Robin costume is very similar to the aesthetic of the movies. Yeah. And I think at one point this was going to be connected. Because it was produced in-house by Warner Brothers. Oh, damn. Um, it wasn't through any other company. It was by Warner Brothers. So creative directors, like if someone was in charge of the whole project, would have been a- able, easily able to like connect the continuities up. Because it's essentially, you know, it's Disney Plus to the MCU. You know, it's not like Netflix where it's like a third party is involved. It was all by Warner Brothers. So I think at one point it started off that way, but because they don't have anyone running the ship, they just went, fuck it, make it its own thing. But I think they also went, well, hang on, if we're going to do Titans and we've got these Doom Patrol characters turn up in this episode, let's do a Doom Patrol spinoff. Oh, actually, if we're going to do a Doom Patrol spinoff of Titans, let's do a bunch of other shows. What else can we do? Oh, Swamp Thing, because then we've got magic and maybe that could tie into Raven. Oh, let's do, uh, let's do Stargirl. Because then we can have, like, the Justice Society. So even though we can't do the Justice League, we've got the Justice... We, we can introduce a kind of Justice League through Stargirl. 
And then I think at one point during the production of all that shit, they went, hang on, this is a lot of work to keep these shows connected. Fuck it, they're all in separate universes. <laughs> Lazy because, writing. And I think that really affected the show because you look at the original leaked photos for the ending of Titan Season 1 and it has the Doom Patrol in it. Yeah. Nightwing was going to have his Nightwing costume at the end of Season 1. Starfire and Raven were both going to have costumes by the end of Season 1 and instead all of that got put on hold to the point where Starfire didn't really get a costume until Season 3. Nightwing didn't get his costume to the end of Season 2. It's all a wee bit delayed. It should have just got at the beginning. <laughs> and But that's the thing, like, because the, the point of Season 1 is that he goes on this journey of becoming his own person. And it's cool. It's enjoyable. He, he stops working with Batman, and then he throws in the, the Robin town. He starts being Robin. And then he has that whole episode where he goes to Donna Troy, who's like representative of his past. And he's like, oh, I, um, I've i given up and I'm going to figure out my own thing. I'm going to become my own person. And then it's like a season later before he becomes Nightwing. But he's already on that path to become Nightwing in season one. And when you see the original photos, it's like, oh, yeah, because he was going to be Nightwing at the end of season one. But that was never, the plan. Yeah, but it never happened. So I, I, even when you look at like the cast for Doom Patrol and the announcement for that, the actor who plays Victor Stone, yeah. he was asked, oh, how come the character is debuting in Doom Patrol and not Titans? And he was like, well, these shows are going to cross over. Is it just going to be crossed over at some point? I'm going to get introduced here and then I can go and join the rest of the team in Titans or whatever. So clearly at some point that was the plan was that these shows were connected. And then Crisis and Infinite Earths confirms, oh, they're not connected anymore. They're all set in separate Earths because there's no one running the shop. This is the stuff that really annoys me. It's just the constant contradicting one another. It's just so frustrating. Exactly, and you can see the contradictions in Titans because Titan Season 2, all of a sudden they're talking about the fact that, you know, there used to be a team called the Titans. Yeah. But in in Season 1... There's no mention of a former Titans team. There's all It's just random flashbacks that you think this was before they became an official team. It does feel a wee bit unnatural. Because, like, the flashbacks in Season 1, you see Robin working with Dove and Hawk, but it's like an unofficial relationship. They work together in certain cases, but they don't have, like, a designated team. Same with Donna Troy. It's implied that her, her and Robin had a romantic relationship and that they worked together as superheroes back in the day and that she used to be Wonder Girl. But there is no indication that they were all together part of a Titans team. But then fucking season two comes along, and all of a sudden, yeah, they were all in a team. It was called the Titans. They had their own secret base. Aqualad was on the team. And then something really bad happened that split them all up. Mm-hmm. Did you know Which was killed? never mentioned in the first season. Yeah. It was, very, it was all cleared up in season two, where there was like a five-year... Was there not an episode where it was like... Five years before all this happened. This is the actual Yeah, team. and they explain away and they're like, oh yeah, Deathstroke killed... Um, spoilers for people who haven't seen it. Deathstroke killed Aqualad <gasps> and that caused the team to fall apart. Yeah, and then um, Dick Grayson had the idea, let's let's do it again. Let's make the team again. And I love how everyone's Which warning. is interesting. Yeah. You know, but that would have made Titan Season 1 make more sense if 
the whole point of them having like the whole idea of them having that team beforehand had been involved in season one because then you could make it where okay they used to be a titans team this happened it all fell apart but then now there's this new threat that needs a team and dick grayson is like you know what i'm gonna i've been keeping an eye on this list of people i'm gonna go and get them to help me take down this thing and or even when he meets raven for the first time Mm -hmm. and he you know maybe him and raven have an encounter with trigon maybe part of trigon's essence attacks them or they get attacked by cultists or whatever who are like we work for trigon blah 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 and then after that he's like oh shit okay here's what we're gonna do we're gonna put we're gonna put a team together because i've had a list of fucking people victor stone starfire beast boy and then he can go around collect those fucking team members and then season two you introduce the former justice leaving the former young justice whatever they're called people you introduce donna try that way aqualad all them guys you know but because they didn't have that plan initially i think season one two and even seasons three even though i like it all come across as a little jumbled yeah because i think it started as part of a shared universe that didn't really have a kind of defined outline and then once all the shows were separated they had to be like, okay, fuck. Now we need to actually fill in the backstory that we hoped the other shows would fill in instead. It's just very upsetting just to hear all this because I actually enjoyed it. But it's just when you bring these annoying problems to light, it kind of sticks out more. And I can't watch it again knowing how they could have done it way, way better. <laughs> it's like it's like Game of Thrones. You know, I can't go back and watch it now because I know that they could have done a better job. Yeah, and that's that's the annoying thing about like these current DC TV shows because that's why I want to talk about this as a whole because we're at this interesting point now where we're gonna have you know one shared continuity over at Marvel. Disney Plus has Loki, um, One Division, Falcon and Soldier, Hawkeye, all of those shows. Even What If, even though it's like alternate realities, but still, still cool. These shows are all connected in a shared multiverse you look at the dc stuff and technically they're all part of a multiverse but there's not one person running the shop it's different teams i don't think anyone working on titan season three is there being like oh remember guys we're connected to the arrowverse yeah it's 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 a bit lazy lazy whereas you have the people at marvel going right we're going to do a loki show and we're going to have all these different branching realities but remember we've got that main reality that all of this anchors to don't forget that don't dc doesn't have that dc has a main reality kind of but that's messy and all over the place so here's the list of dc television universes that we are going to have all on hbo max listen carefully folks this comes over here. We have the DCEU TV shows. Peacemaker, Green Lantern, Black Canary, Blue Beetle. All of those HBO Max TV show projects are going to be part of the DC Extended Universe. That's cool. I'm looking forward to so, Peacemaker. So that's that's one. That's one universe. We then have the, the Robert Pattinson universe. Gotham. Catwoman, because apparently Catwoman's getting a TV spin-off. Oh, right. Apparently okay. Penguin's getting a TV spin-off. Oh, they're all getting it. Those are going to be connected 
to the Matt Reeves universe. Okay, so we're going to have... That's another... two. Mm. We've then got the Arrowverse with Superman Lois. Mm-hmm. And I think Naomi is another one that's going to be on HBO Max, I think, which is connected to the Arrowverse. So, you know, Flash and all that. So even though they're not on HBO, I don't think the Flash is on HBO Max yet. It might get pushed there, who knows. But Superman Lois is on HBO Max, and that's connected to the Arrowverse. There's three. We've then got uh, Stargirl, um, which is technically connected to the Arrowverse because, you know, there's going to be a crossover, I think, where Stargirl and the Flash are going to cross over. And obviously Jay Garrick is the same. I think it's, I don't think it's the same Jay Garrick, but it's the same actor in the same costume as the Jay Garrick in the Flash universe. Um, so, you know, whatever. Okay, Stargirl, that's four. Um, so many it's ridiculous and then we've got Titans which is its own separate continuity that's five and then we've got Doom Patrol which I think is also getting a spin-off called the Deadpool Detectives which is which are characters that are introduced in the Sandman another TV show another one another universe because the Deadpool Detectives aren't going to be connected to the Sandman TV show. But there's also a possibility that the Deadpool Detective TV show will even be connected to Doom Patrol, which is the show it's spun off of. Oh, boy. There's just... So there's a potentially there's potentially eight separate ongoing DC television universes that are going to be across both HBO Max and Netflix. The Sandman... That's the least egregious because the Sandman was a separate continuity in the comics anyway. It was part of the DC universe and you had DC characters come in from time to time. But it was more or less out of continuity. There were events that were canon, like, um, well, I won't say for like spoilers or whatever, but there's certain stuff that happens to Dream in that comic that was carried over in the main series. But then there's other stuff that happened in that comic that didn't follow over to the main series. It's a bit complicated. Who gives a fuck? Even if you ignore the Sandman. There's still seven separate universes ongoing. All on HBO Max. All with their own fucking version of the Justice League and fucking version of Batman or whatever. All completely separate from each other. That, yeah, they're kind of part of a multiverse. But Titans isn't going to cross over with Doom Patrol. You know, Titans isn't going to crop up in the fucking DCU anytime soon. And all seven of those are restricting the other. Even the main DC universe of movies. The fucking main thing. That should be their flagship. That should be the one where all of the shows are restricted because all the main ideas go to that main universe. But that universe is restricted by the other TV shows because it couldn't have... Green Lantern, it couldn't have fucking... You couldn't have, like, John Stewart turn up in the Zack Snyder Cup, for example. God, this is just annoying. I, I don't... Superman doesn't have a fucking sequel because they're trying to figure out, oh, but we've got this fucking um, other Superman movie we're going to do with the Black Clark Kent, and we're doing a Valzard miniseries, which might be connected to the DCU, the DCEU. But if it's not connected to the DCEU, guess what, baby? That's a fucking eighth... Separate universe on HBO Max. Uh, well, 
I don't know if I'll have time to get around to watch all of these. There's too many. Too many. I don't like it. If it had made all these shows canon, it's got all the building blocks for a complete DC uh, universe, like it has in the comics. Doom Patrol, Titans, exploring different corners of that universe. Stargirl, exploring different corners of that universe. Superman, Lois, fucking all that shit. If all of that was canon, you've got a complete picture of a DC universe. I mean, instead you're getting like little fucking fragments yeah, scattered all over the place. They have the potential, and it's just upsetting to see them buggering it up. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't think I could keep up with all these eight different shows. You know, or the, the, I can because I'm, can. I'm I'm massively ADHD. Of course like, you are. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not diagnosed or anything, so it could be insensitive for me to say that, but. Almost every person who meets me is like, oh, so how do you cope with your ADHD? And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, oh, you, oh. Oh, oh sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but this is just that I I like continuity in across all franchises. It's like a weird little thing. I like things to make sense. That's fair enough. So I, I keep up with continuity across all franchises that I like and try and make sense of things, you know? Because it annoys the fuck out of me when thing when people make sequels or prequels or spin-offs or whatever, but don't adhere to continuity. Because to me, that's a sign of I don't give a fuck. So if the creators don't give a fuck, why should I give a fuck? Yeah, I, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? I mean that's my. I reasoning. am much more sympathetic about. Um, well, actually, I like all the MCU shows. But for example, say One Division was dog shit. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, its ending was a little anticlimactic. It was pretty much dog shit with the fucking the Ralph Boner thing. Yeah. But I am much more sympathetic to that anticlimactic ending because it's at least made by people who care about the fact that this is connected to a universe. Yeah. You know, it's gonna go somewhere. So they are. Yeah, it's gonna go somewhere. It's building off what's come before. It's respecting what's come before and using what's come before to build the relationship. A lot of the really good character work between Scarlet Witch and Vision in that show is when it flashes back to like them learning to, you know, or them growing to have feelings for each other when they're in Avengers Compound. That scene where everyone goes on about the fact that, oh, what is love if not... Yeah. What is grief if not love persevering or whatever... That works because everyone goes, oh, yeah, them two live together in Avengers Compound for a couple of years. It's connecting, continuity, consistency, all of Exactly. But when I watch fucking Titans and another version of Bruce Wayne turns up, I'm just like... Why? Who, why? <laughs> or when I watch Stargirl and Doctor Fate isn't involved, all I'm thinking of, well, that isn't because the story doesn't demand him. That's being done because he's in a movie coming out soon. Like, it feels corporate. It feels like, oh, there's there's decisions being made here that aren't creative ones. They're business decisions. Exactly. And when I can see the business decisions in the stories, it makes me feel less invested in that story. Uh, that just sums up the DC TV shows <laughs> right there. Well, Corporate said. bullshit from start to finish. We could have said that at the beginning. <laughs> because look at look at the ones that have stood the test of time. Batman 66. Yeah. 
as much as fucking people don't like that show or say it's campy or whatever, it has endured. It's done well. <laughs> it and fucking happen. Birds of Prey? Go on. No one knows that show existed. It, it, it didn't have Batman. It didn't have Joker. Huntress couldn't wear a costume. Fucking, they couldn't have Batgirl because of, oh, we might do a Batgirl movie at some point. You know? Like, Smallville stayed alive and has stayed alive in the public consciousness because it was the only superhero TV show at the time. And it tried. It had these clever workarounds where, okay, we can't have The Flash, but we'll have a guy that's kind of like The Flash. You know? It got around it in interesting ways. Same with Gotham. Oh, we can't have Joker. No, we are going to have Joker. We're just not going to call him the Joker. Yeah, it's just... Here's a character that is obviously the Joker and everyone knows he's the Joker, but we're just not going to call him that. But you know it's the Joker, you know? Whereas fucking, like, Batwoman, the viewing figures in that are dwindling because it's like, okay, where's Batman? Why can't you have Batman? Supergirl had Superman. Why can't you have Batman? Oh, it's because you've got four different versions of Batman coming out in movies. Oh, so it's not because of the story, it's because of the corporation. Oh, that makes me less invested. You see what I mean? It's just pathetic. But that is just... Uh... So, so, all that aside, what do you think? Because next week, we're going to be talking about DC fandom. What do I think? What? What do you think... What announcements do you think we're going to get? And do you think we're going to get any, you know, light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to the DC TV situation? I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they do another, like, this is the actual multiverse. We're getting rid of these shows. That'd be funny if that happens. But I don't think that'll happen. I think um, with the TV shows, uh, maybe uh, get more stuff about Peacemaker. I think we might be getting more of that. Uh, which yeah, because that's out in, like, January, isn't it? Yeah, we're going to get more of that. Hopefully, with regards to the films, get something with Black Adam, maybe Shazam 2, um, maybe another trailer for Batman, Robert Pattinson's one. Um, that's what I think with the films. TV ones? <sighs> Anything could happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, right? It's so fucking weird because that statement is true because at this rate, they could literally make a D- a DC show about anything but they won't be able to do certain things in that show. Because like, in- they've done it before. They've done a Superman TV show that ran for 10 seasons without him ever wearing the suit. Or not flying. So they could be like, oh, we're going to do a Doctor Fate TV show. However, he's not going to wear the helmet or have the powers. It's him going on the expedition to find that helmet and then it's going to end with him putting the helmet on and it cuts the black and that's it and the season goodbye we're not doing a sequel because we don't have the rights <laughs> exactly i can 100 percent see dc tv show doing that like fucking they could do a oh we're actually going to do a batman tv show i know i know we've done a couple of them but this one's actually batman however he's going to die in the first episode and it's going to be about Alfred organising his funeral. Fantastic. I, I'm looking forward to that now, actually. We're going to do a Green Lantern TV show. 
Where I know we're doing one? a Green Lantern TV show already, but this is another Green Lantern TV show. However, episode one, Hal Jordan loses his ring behind a sofa, and he has to spend the rest of the season trying to find the ring, because <laughs> he can't remember where he put it. And that's just because the company said, we can't have him put on the ring. Because we've got another TV show coming out, so you can't have the ring, you can't have the costume, but you can have Hal Jordan. But you can't call him Hal Jordan. It's like a the Aquaman TV pilot, where he wasn't called Arthur Curry, he was called AC. I hate this. I don't like it. We're going to do a Martian Manhunter TV show. But he can't change his shape. He doesn't have any of the powers. He's just a, car, he's just a guy called John who solves crimes. I would actually watch And he's that. not that good at it. Oh, what's that saying? I thought he would be... He solves week. crimes, but every week the criminal gets away. <laughs> That'd be a fun wee comedy. <laughs> we're going to do a Justice League TV show. However, the, we're not going to have Batman or Superman. We're going to have um, Fire and Ice. Um, we're going to have uh, Guy Gardner, Green Lantern. We're going to have uh, Ray Palmer, Atom. And we're going to have Barry Allen, Flat. Oh, wait a minute. They already tried to do that TV show. It was called the Justice League of America. They did one pilot, and it was fucking dog shit. <laughs> we may that exact lineup as well. <laughs> can, can we we may even get that in DC fandom this month. We may even get it. <laughs> can you imagine? I'd love that. Yeah. If they brought we're that gonna back. revive the, the failed CBS Justice League TV show, and we're gonna bring it back. Same cast. It was from like fucking thirty years ago, but it's the same cast. And they're all the same. We're going to keep them the same age. We're going to de-age them all. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, to be honest, I am looking forward to DC fandom. It's going to be interesting. 16th I, I, of uh, October. Put it in your diaries now. 16th Do of you October. think... Because here's the thing, right? By the time we come back to record another one of these, DC fandom will be out. Mm-hmm. So, between now and the next episode the three listeners that are out there. Thank you, listeners. There's potential that Henry Cavill will be back as Superman. Do you think that's going to happen? Well, I was going to say there's the potential that he will not, and he will actually have the balls to say he's not coming back. But I like to live in hope, so maybe he Which will do you back. think is more likely, that we'll hear about the next guy playing Superman, or we'll hear about Henry Cavill come back? Realistically, I see we'll, uh, we'll get... The guy who's going to play Superman next uh, and not hear anything about Henry Cavill. I don't see that Henry Cavill being announced. I'd be amazed if they do. I'd actually be really happy. It'd be a, a good surprise. But, yeah, I think they're going to talk about the next one. I I think I think he's going to come back. I think there's going to be a little thing where they're like... They're, I think they're going to do like a Black Adam presentation or a Flash presentation... And at the end of the presentation, there's going to be a little thing where they're like, one more thing. And then it's just going to be like, Henry Cavill is going to be like, I'm back, people. Or it's just Henry Cavill. It's just Henry Cavill on a FaceTime call. It's just, it's just Henry Cavill, and he does like this classic Superman pose, and it cuts to black or something like that. I think they're going to announce him. Because I think at this point, if you recast him... It's lost. Um, People are going to be annoyed you know people are okay with the guy who plays him in superman and lois because that's a separate universe but you need a superman in your main universe and if you recast your superman in the main universe with someone else 
um, people are going to be annoyed. So I think it's going to go one of two ways. Or one of three ways. There's three possibilities. One, complete recast, and they just accept the fact that people are going to hate them for it. And we don't get any Superman movies or anything like that. He's just the side character in the universe, and he's been completely recast. That's probably going to happen. Two, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think there is a possibility. Two, they announce that he's coming back. He's still not getting any Superman movies because they have that Black Clark Kent movie and they don't want two Superman movies clashing with each other. Um, But they're going to have a Superman back. He's going to be in Black Adam, Shazam, maybe Flash. He's going to be a side character, kind of like how Iron Man was a side character in Civil War and shit like that. They're going to have him back in that capacity, but he is going to be back. And then the third option which is both incredibly likely and my least favourite option is that they announce that he is coming back for the Val Zod series where they kill him off and replace <laughs> him with Val Zod. I'd laugh if they do that. That'd be because, so brutal. Because that way, if they really don't want Henry Cavill Superman but they still want a Superman in their universe and they don't want to recast. That's the it. best way is to kill him off and pass the mantle on to someone else. Well, like I always say, Thomas, I think you know my new catchphrase. We just have to wait and <laughs> wait see. Because <and> <laughs> here's, here's, the, here's the thing that like, because like, I think people, when they hear that go, oh, they never fucking do that. But the Val Zod series was announced it was going to be a limited series. Oh, a limited, okay. Only only one season. So now that could just mean that it's an out-of-continuity, one-and-done situation, kind of like Watchmen was. Mm-hmm. Where it was just the one limited series, whatever. So maybe this falls odd thing, they could go, fuck it, it's set in the Christopher Reeve universe, and he's taken up the mantle from Christopher Reeve. And it's a one-and-done limited series, they end it there. Maybe he's taken the mantle on from Brandon Ruth, Superman, they do it like that, who knows. Um do the one series and they end it there. The more likely thing is, is that they're like, oh, it's a limited series because then after this series, we're putting him in the movies. Well, we'll just have to wait and see a DC <laughs> fandom. <laughs> Thank God this time around, we don't have to wait and see that long. No, it's... 16th of October, as I said, 16th of October. Right. Ready for a wee goodbye? How would you like? Would you who? Um, that's our goodbye right there. <laughs> he just got really... <laughs> Do we have an outro? We don't have an outro. Um. Well, we can, let's let's test outros out. Each week we can end it a different way. Okay. Um. Um. So uh, I don't know how how should we end this week's episode? Well, that pretty much sums up why. The DC shows are shit. Wow, I loved the uncertainty in your voice <laughs> when you did that. That was a great... Did you forget the topic we had this week? <laughs> it's not as if we've been talking about it for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it has mostly been me telling you why DC TV shows are bad. Literally, so I think that's a good wee summary to go, well, now I know, now I know, Thomas... Marvel is better. So, 
Thanks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the ending. That's it. That's it. Just got it there. Um, that's all, folks. That's that's all, folks. Watch the Marvel. TV we can't have soon. that. We no, can't no, have no. that as our outro. We can't steal that from one. Maybe we should. <laughs> we should just steal. That's all, folks. Well, that that concludes our other episode on our other episode. <laughs> That concludes this week's episode on the DC shows. Um, up to you if you'd like to watch them. I mean, listening to this episode, we've given off quite a lot of negative views. Um, so, up to you guys. I think I think the only ones I said I liked were Superman and Lois, The Flash, Titans, and Stargirl. I think did I, if I, I I'm sure I said I liked Stargirl. If that didn't come across before, didn't really talk about it, but I liked Stargirl. Well, there you have it, guys. Those are the shows you need to watch now. Everything else we've talked about, utter dog shit. So thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> I I I think um, we should do three other TV episodes. I think we should do one where we talk about the Arrowverse. One where we talk about the movies that ruin Smallville, and one where we talk about the Batman shows that don't have Batman. Well, this is what you got to listen out for, folks. This is the episodes we'll be covering. In the Look future. forward to those coming out. I am. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about them. I'm looking forward to you fucking watching them. I, I right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to that as well. It's going to be great. You've got because like Smallville. You don't really need to watch because the Smallville episodes. You don't need to watch. I'm just going to watch a recap thing. Is it? Yeah, you don't need to watch Smallville to talk about the movies that didn't come out that ruined Smallville. But when we talk about the Batman shows that don't have Batman, you'll need to watch the Batman shows that don't have Batman. That's fair enough. I'll do that. But here's a good thing because most of the Batman shows that don't have Batman don't last very long. (laughs) That's good then. Then I can watch them very quickly. Well, Pennyworth has two seasons. Birds of Prey has one. Excellent. Batwoman has two. Titans is three, and you've watched two of them. And I think that's it. So, yeah. Oh, and Gotham is five. Oh, God. I'll just watch a recap <laughs> for that. Um, well, tune in next week, where we will be talking about... DC Fandom. Woo! Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks to our three listeners. Goodbye. <laughs>